Yeah, Andrew's <laughs> got about f- 50 pairs of tweezers in his house burning a hole in his pocket. So, um, <laughs> Two Can Play That Game. Hey, I'm Pete Steele. And I'm Andrew Miller. Welcome to Two Can Play That Game, the podcast for people who have one friend. If you have more than one friend, this podcast is not for you. Okay, Andrew? No. Go ahead and uh, take your one friend... Uh, no, you're I'm more than one taking friend. my one friend. I'm, I'm for, well, no, here's what I'm going to be doing. Oh, right? okay, right. Yeah. T- I, uh, or... No, maybe that's true. Maybe they take more more than one friend. They form a phalanx, Andrew, what? formation, right? <laughs> okay. And they don't let the podcast in. Know what I mean? Their shields are. I up. See. Oh, I see. Yeah. And they, uh, you know, it's supposed to be one of the most uh, effective defensive formations. I think. Man, you must phalanx. be some real big, phalanx. real big ancient history nerd or something like that to know that. Huge ancient history nerd, Andrew. And by that, I mean I know most of it from the game we just played, Andrew. We're talking <laughs> about today the game Polis. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, this is a big one. This is a very big one. Uh, Polis. Uh, well, actually, I was about to. Well, I was about to describe what this game was, but um, we probably shouldn't do that. Oh. You're getting a, you're getting your uh, horse in front of the chariot. Chariot, yes. Andrew. Wait, wait, chariot in front of the horse. Oh yeah, I guess. Uh, I, I guess that's you how do want to get your work. horse yeah. in front of the chariot. Yeah, that's right. Well, not if you're me. I happen to be an animal rights guy, so I kind of want to get my. Oh. Uh, well, then you would. I pull the horse with my chariot, and I do. I flintstone it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Were you ever around? Uh, uh, we didn't. Uh, oh, a little peek behind the Pete and I met after high school, actually, but in high school. Yeah couple of my former friends built built a chariot that was actually like working and uh do you, uh, do you remember that at all no it was a was it a one for water or one that, on the, the land <laughs> yeah i know why you're saying water because both. one time yeah. one time we yeah. took it into the water it was not it's supposed to be for land ah uh, okay that was the one okay that you took into the water yes but yeah. two people could like could like pull it like one person could stand in the back and then two people could grab the bar in the front and like run down we used to like run around the streets of our town with that thing Oh um, wow! Yeah, How about that? never hooked it up to a horse, you know. I like so, you know, yeah. it's a human powered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More of like a yeah. like a rickshaw, I guess, when you think about it. It's human. Yeah, powered. I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well, Andrew, let's go ahead and sum up the game, Paulus, in <laughs> one sentence. <laughs> one sentence explanations. I almost forgot. Okay, here we go. Uh, we're gonna keep it brief here, people. One sentence for the game of Paulus. I'll say that. Uh, Polis is the war game that complicates war with a bunch of things like, you know, feeding your citizens and, like, trading and stuff. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. Like, uh, all that unnecessary stuff. Right. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, and, come on, and, I just want to uh, go pew pew and, like... Non sequitur. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's, Andrew, that's why I said that uh, in my one-sentence summary of this game, it's the game that shows there's much more to war than just people shooting at each other and getting bigger guns. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. <clears throat> I feel like uh, I'm. this is going to be a theme that runs throughout the whole thing probably, but, Andrew, this is... Uh, I think they even say it in the promotional material for this, but this is much more than a war game. Um, yeah, I feel like a lot of the, I, like, I feel like a lot of the war games are just guys who are like, I like it when they have guns, and I and now I have five of them that have guns. You know what I mean? And they all hit for ten. 
now I have six of them that have guns and they all hit. You know what I mean? It's just, it's all guns and uh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, or whatever. I'll, I'll say, and though, it, uh, I'll, say, I'll just say for all the war uh, gamers listening out there, I enjoy war games more than Pete. So uh, I am one of those guys <laughs> who will say, oh, I yeah. like that they all have guns and they hit for 10. That's me. That's, That's That me. was my impression of you. I was actually right. just playing off of my tape. Okay, recorder, just making you know, sure. Yeah, a discussion okay. that you and I had. I don't know if that sounded familiar. <laughs> it was from your talk boy, right? <laughs> it was from my talk boy. <laughs> I have guns, credit card, you got it. I got a guy who has a gun. Um, I, yeah, like Andrew, that, I, I like to think that I like to think that the talk put, boy, the talk boy, not only slows down your voice but also makes it sound like you're saying credit card, you got it, no matter what you said. Credit card, you, you got it. I got guys <laughs> with guns, credit card, you got credit it. Card, they they hit for ten. It. <laughs> it just it actually just adds that in. After right, exactly. It's pretty advanced. Um, yeah, Andrew, this uh, this game, sure, there's war. In fact, the whole game, uh, if you will, is all about the uh, Peloponnesian War. So uh, a small civil war between Sparta and Athens mm. in the, uh, what was that, the 5th century BC or whatever? Well, Pete, you're the guy who uh, reads the instruction manuals. I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, it was the 400s. BC, which I think it's... Is that still something you'd call 5th century? Oh, you got me. I don't know what happens when time goes in reverse. <laughs> yeah, you're of... in the negatives there. I have no Jesus idea. Jesus Christ. Brain. You know what I mean? <laughs> I can't do... No, yeah, well, no, he but was anyway, actually... It was the Jesus Christ was actually BC. a little bit uh, after... That, that Jesus Christ did not live during this time. It was a little bit after. It was like, you know, right. 200 years. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say, Andrew. Um... Andrew, this was before Common Era, if okay. you will. Um, right. And uh, but uh, yeah, anyway, they were uh, they were fighting for dominance within Greece, basically, to try to be the most dominant uh, right. city state. I guess you'd call it the most dominant polis. Polis um, is a city state, which right? is yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, anyway, Andrew. Everybody at home knows all about Greek history and whatnot. We don't have to rehash that. Everybody. Uh, but yeah, so there's. So there's war. There's war here. In fact, the whole thing's technically about a war, um, and it takes place over a few rounds. But what makes this so different, Andrew, is that, as you said, there is trade. There is having to feed your citizens, like growing your population, but having to have enough you know, food to feed them, etc. All these other things that really, obviously, we were joking um, earlier. Sorry, sorry to burst your bubble, but we were doing little jokes earlier. Um, they are part of war, and now they're often forgotten. I think is the is the is the main point we're trying yes, to make here. Yes. Um, and but they're not forgotten here. Um, and so, you know, resources are a big part of this game. The, um, People say I heard this described as uh, what is it the the Euro game of war games or whatever. I don't yeah. know. Anyway, yeah. the bottom line it's is like, there's a lot of there's a lot of what you might call Euro game going on here, ec- economics and and markets and stuff like it's that. It's like if on. you were playing. It's like if you were playing Agricola, but you also had to fight the neighboring, uh, you know, farmer or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, that's kind of exactly. What yeah. Yeah. I think that's uh, and I think that's actually really revealing about my feelings on this game, Andrew. But we'll get to that later, <laughs> Andrew. Um, yes. So there, basically, you are either Athens or Sparta. You have a starting um, set of um, polis or whatever you, however you pronounce that. The multiple uh, polises, <laughs> polis. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, mul- multiple, you know, big cities. Basically, some yep. of them are already in league with you. 
Um, and then um, the other player also has some that are in league with them. They have their own populations already, yada, yada, yada. You start out with a certain amount of set resources and a certain it's... amount of prestige, if you will, which is um, oh. uh, pretty big Pretty big in this game, Andrew, because prestige is essentially a resource as well, but it's almost the most uh, the most important thing. It is your victory. They also act as your victory points, basically, because prestige... Yeah. Obviously, everyone knows the definition of that word. Uh, they didn't have to. It's not like I had to look it up uh, via Google a dictionary well, search, and Andrew. That's... But of course, it means renown. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I see. But really, you're—that's really the goal of the game. Is you're trying to get the most prestige, I guess. And but you're, right. and that's your victory points. So it's not even that you're trying to like just take over the whole map. It's it's that you're Good trying point. to like impress the most people in Greece, and you don't have to dec you don't have to decimate yes. your opponent. You just have to. In fact, you can even go. You can play a game of this and never fight. Uh, that is possible. We, yeah. we definitely did that one time. I was going to say, yeah, I think we yeah. did that one time. Yeah, you don't have to fight at all. You can do other things to, you know, raise your prestige, to to raise your um, the reputation yeah. of either Athens or Sparta. And imp like you said, impress the most people, turn them over to your side, et cetera, and just go down in history as the more impressive. Because, you know, but, you're, you're, fighting, you're fighting for dominance of Greece. You're fighting to be the most, you know, to rule Greece, essentially, right. to be the most important um, city-state. In Greece, uh, which and you can't do that in, unless you're the most impressive. So, right. and the, uh, there's the, all sorts of ways to raise your prestige. I was gonna you know? say the the interesting thing about the prestige is that like it's victory points, but it's also like you said, it's a resource. So you're also spending it to do actions. In fact, to do most of the actions in the game, um, like move any of your armies around. And right, I I like that 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 kind of factors in because also it's like every time your prestige goes down, it's when you're doing something that might kind of tick off your citizens where it's like oh you're making everybody yeah. go you're making your soldiers go out to war uh, okay that kind of but it's gonna you, cost a prestige yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. but if yeah. you have a glorious battle hey you could get some of that prestige back because you like, can you, know. you can get it back and then some exactly right, exactly yeah. so right there is it's a very cool economy in this game andrew because you have to get things you got to spin things to get things and then smartly use them to then get a better return than you spent. You well, know what I mean? It's very because much... you could just bleed. You could just bleed resources too. Like you said, you right. could just spend prestige to go out and try something and fail at it, and you're just bleeding prestige. You know it, what I mean? So it's very much like unraveling. <laughs> the whole time I felt like, okay, this is like a puzzle. It's like I know if I spend this, then I could get this, and then I could use that to do this. And you, have, you think like five steps ahead. Yep. And half of the right. fun of the game, honestly, even though you are competing against each other, uh, it's also a game where I don't know. We were kind of like coming up with solutions for each other, especially in the first few games as we were learning. You know, it's like, oh well, actually, yes. if you do this, you do that. So it's kind of cooperative, almost in a way. Because yeah, you, and that's something uh, I remember. We were talking about how our friends over at uh, Staying In podcast yeah. uh, had had remarked on that before too. It's it's uh, it's such an interesting and impressive puzzle when you when you finally start cracking into it uh, that you do not mind like looking over at what you're opponent is doing and being like you know if you did this though that'd be really cool you know what i mean like, <laughs> right, you know so right. there uh there's like uh i think there's something like 11 actions you can do on your turn and you have to take you, you got to take two actions on your mm -hmm. turn and then it goes over to the opponent and they take two actions etc and it just keeps going and going like that um until you both pass and then you move on to the next era basically of which there are three and you do it all over again mm -hmm. um and uh and so that's interesting too is like there's no set number of turns per right. se it's really just when you exhaust all your options that you think are are good for you 
And there's just tons of, uh, op- all the options are just fascinating and very different. It's very much like a, a sandbox uh, that you can mess around in. You, you really choose what you want to do and in what order you want to do it. Um, you can create more like foot soldiers. You can create more ships. Um, you can create more merchants. You can create... Um, you can you can tr- use those merchants to trade with foreign you know um, nations. You can uh, do all sorts of stuff. Quite frankly, Andrew, I'm trying to think uh, some of the other ones, but uh, but as you can tell already, this list is like oh wow. You can move your yeah. your ships around. You can move your foot soldiers around. You can send out a diplomat to um to like neutral uh, cities or even cities that have turned and and start a civil war or turn them to your side yeah uh all sorts of really cool things that you can do on this map and so like it's really up to you what route you take and the probably one of the bigger ones is the trading where trading with foreign uh powers or whatever and mm-hmm. there's also on the on the board there's like a uh, exchange rate uh kind of um tracking system on there and so yes. it, it adds a little element of realism. This is definitely where the Euro game influence comes into this because you could trade for, oh, yeah. you know, uh, what is it? Wheat to feed your people, wine, which you can trade mm-hmm. for other things, silver, um, a couple mm-hmm. of things. And, but yep. as you, the more you pump into that uh, system, like if you, if you trade a bunch of your uh, wine away, then the, then the value of wine is going to go down down right we're not really economic right people, right because <laughs> the market's getting more saturated with it because right. you're putting more wine into it basically so suddenly wine is not as hard to find so right. its value lowers and and then from there on you know what i mean um it, you have to spend more to right. you know what i mean to get the same trade because now it's a little bit less valuable so you got to keep that in mind too the it's, it's fascinating the other thing is the fighting um when you you know, you don't declare, okay, I'm going to fight you. It's just you can move your units into a space where there might be a bunch of your opponent's units. And if there are, what is it, eight or more at the end of a turn, mm-hmm. then it starts a conflict, which actually can't usually can't even happen in the first yeah. round because there's a limit right. to how many soldiers you can put in one space. And it, in one inc- space. increases mm-hmm. as the game goes on. So usually in the first round, right. you can't do any fighting. Um, but right, fu- you just kind of... The fighting um, is not like get, your typical get more resources. Right, the fighting is not like your typical dice rolling and there's like a separate deck of cards that you it's still kind of uh, luck based, but it's a deck of cards and you draw mm-hmm. you draw a hand of cards and you put them down. And that was the formation, right, that you were talking about at the top of the show where there're different formations. Oh yeah, one of them is a phalanx uh, formation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You're trying to one of you puts down two cards and the other one's trying to like match those two cards and if you can't then you get, you know, you get hit or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. you, you can earn prestige. There's a certain amount of uh, certain amount of luck and randomness in that, just because you kind of like shuffle all those cards up and then yeah. pass them out, and then see what you got, and then try to, you know what I mean? You can get uh, prestige. But, I mean, for winning battles but, are kind of random. Right, exactly. You can get prestige for you know winning certain battles, but you can also just get prestige even if you overall maybe lost more in the battle, but maybe mm-hmm. you pulled off like one yep. really great round where you, um, mm-hmm. you know, some amazing. Uh, thing happened in the battle, and you, yeah, people go tell stories of it or something. That's, that's how you get prestige, so. right? Actually, and that's honestly probably because, fairly accurate because you might think to yourself, "Hey, we're not, you know, we don't have as good a reputation where people aren't talking about us enough." Like, go out there and, you know what I mean? Take well, one over of this the spot, this spot. One of the most effective ways to get prestige, you get prestige by like taking over other um, cities, other pol polis or whatever. Um, 
but probably one of the easiest ways is just to get into a fight and yeah hey, it's yeah. like hey i might not even have as many guys in there as you do but uh, i'm gonna get some prestige out of this you know I might be able to get some prestige. Right, right, Which right. Which is a exactly. little sad, a little sad commentary on war, especially in a the A little sad times. commentary on war that human lives are just kind of thrown away for prestige, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, that is true. And, I mean, it, it almost kind of calls to mind, uh, when we were playing, I was thinking of, like, there being, like, some um, game board games with, like, a Viking theme where the death is actually also is a good thing, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, to, to try to... Um, play to the part of viking culture i guess where um there's glory in right. uh in a in a valiant death or whatever kind of right. thing yeah it's yeah 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 it's it's fascinating um you can you can also get prestige by laying siege to other cities and that's how you can make them join your your league be mm-hmm. in league with you if you will um and just move your troops all around in order to do that. You were talking about um, moving your troops around and passing through and everything like that, which brings up a very interesting part of this game because there's almost like a certain amount of like, um, you know... Area um, control? Area control, exactly. Because uh, at a certain point, like you can't really move your troops through an area that is controlled by your opponent. So you can start making like some choke, some some chokeholds, you know what I mean, right. and stuff like that, yeah. um, and like start to cut off routes of trade or routes to other parts of the map from your from mm-hmm. your opponent. They would have to kind of like fight you to get through you and everything like that. So that's a whole another element to this that's very interesting. So like not only is there you know the units and war game part of it and then the kind of like economic euro game resources part of it there is also a certain amount of area control and uh territory management that's very cool too so there's a now, lot going on here and we also didn't mention that when like pete said one of the actions is you can uh build you know a new army uh or new ships or whatever but um to do that you have to draft people out of because you're you have little cards for each one of your cities and that has a certain population in there and you have to actually take people out of the city and turn it into into a fighting force and so um right that can be good. right they don't they don't just um they don't just like appear out of thin air they right. they come from your population you have to like use um a counter you know like a, a cube that represents one of your population and turn it into uh, as soldier, which is very realistic, obviously. There are certain um, points where you may just not have anybody left. It's like, oh, that happened. Right. Especially as you're learning the game, it's like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna build, a, and that's true for also merchants as well. People who go out and trade. So it's like, oh, I was gonna, yep. gonna build a merchant, and then you realize, oh, I don't have anybody in that city that I can't build mm-hmm. a merchant. You know. Um, yeah. But also, it kind of helps it towards the end of the round because at the end of the round, you have to have enough wheat to feed all of your citizens who are on your city cards and uh right you sometimes it might be better to just put them all in the army you don't have to for some reason in this game you don't have to feed them (laughs) and well except that one of the other fascinating um you know parts like systems going on here is that your population also adds to your prestige at the end of the game so theoretically you want to have your cities have as much population as they can have because at the end that's just more points for you so you you have to balance you know you're right right true that's also true you have to balance you know um taking people out of your population and making them into soldiers and ships and merchants and stuff like that 
while also trying to grow your population in the future to get points back into your city, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. I, I, and it's funny because, like, to make the soldiers, you have to use a population but also, like, spend an iron. So you're, like, you're just taking right. a normal uh, person and then just being, like, you know, strapping some armor on them and kicking them out there and then suddenly yeah. they're on the field you know what i mean or like wood uh for uh for a ship so it's like right. here you hey person uh you know here's uh here's a boat you know here's a wooden ship uh we made we made this boat out of wood like uh, get on out there you're a galley now you know that kind of thing it's very it's it's interesting i keep i keep remembering other parts to this game so another thing that you can do um Another way to get resources besides just uh, trading is you can demand tribute. Oh yeah, tribute. And yep. your your army from your from your territories that yeah, you, yeah. yeah have control of. Mm -hmm. Your army will get, you have to move them to that territory that to be in there, and then however big your army is in that territory, that's like basically controls how much tribute you can get, and the, each different right each different territory on the board you can get different resources from. So some 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 right. territories might have more farms. You can get more wheat there, but some of them mm -hmm. you could get iron or silver or whatever from. Yeah, you loved uh, being down in Sicily, Sicily, um, maybe where basket. because that that was the breadbasket. That was you you could Unlimited. demand so much wheat in tribute, which was basically untrue of any other territory it, it, compared to the, most of the territories in the game. Where at most, if you can get any wheat from them, at most you could get like one. Yeah. Um, and like we said, wheat is so important because it feeds your population. If you can't feed your population, they just leave. They're just not aligned with you anymore. You lose the city, basically. They yeah. just basically go like, "What are we even doing with you? You can't even feed us," kind of thing, um, which obviously hurts your score. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, so that so it's very important. And so really, so in, in, you know, Sicily is great because if you can start demanding the the wheat and tribute. It's super important because then it's less important for you to have to go trade your other resources for wheat from like Persia and Illyria and stuff like that um, to get it back. So they have hmm. they have unlimited breadsticks down there in Sicily. They got unlimited breadsticks down in in down in Sicily uh, on this map at least. Yes. Um, and then Andrew, there's yeah, you're right. I mean, I just the more I think about it, the more things just keep coming to mind that are so cool about this game. At the at the end of the each era, um, of which there are three, you can if you have leftover wheat, so like you're fed all of your population that is in your cities that you control, but you have you still have some wheat left over as resource you can use that to grow the population of the city mm -hmm. um and then that gets you prestige not only will you having more um you know people in the city for that count towards the well, end scoring but also just the idea the rest of greece is looking and going like wow they're really creating uh what they refer to as a megaopolis in this so yeah. that's that's you get scoring that way because they're like wow they're really booming over there those guys are great they got so much food people are people are flocking to them you know what i mean it's plus it gives you spot. plus it gives you more people for the next round to draft into your military so um so it's, cool it's yeah. so cool uh, another thing that I just remembered is that you can build, uh, pr they're called projects, right? And so there are... Yes. Uh, little... Totally forgot about that until you just mentioned that, Andrew. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a huge part of the game. Yeah, little tokens that go down. They shuffled up. Every game is going to be different, and they can be built in different cities. Not, not, every, not any city can build one. And they right. will give you different number of victory points, and they cost different you know, amounts of resources to build. And it's like... Temples mm -hmm. and statues and um, 
things. like one of them is so- it's just Socrates flat out, you know, and, <laughs> and so he, there's like a few yeah. different cities where you can build Socrates or whatever, you know. Uh, one of them I think is like you know David, you know the statue of David or whatever, and one of them is who knows. I don't there's think it's some, David, yeah, but I think it's sta- like, it's not I, David. Uh oh, it's another uh, nude. Uh, statue. Oh yeah, I guess that's Michelangelo, which yeah. would be. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that's that's Renaissance. That's Renaissance time. That's Renaissance time. Above the bread basket. I hit him right above the bread basket. <laughs> hit him right above the bread basket. But anyway, you get the idea. Statues. All the statues are David to me. Uh, right. Sorry. Um, and uh, well, I know why you saying David, temples, yeah. like you said. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, athletic games, stuff like that. All sorts yes. of different cool things that Olympics. that they were well known for. You know what I mean? Um, you can. There are each one, like you said, each one can basically be deployed in like one of three cities. So you got to own the territory first, and then have the resources to be able to complete the project, and, et cetera. And then you could theoretically, Andrew, the project doesn't even come to completion until the end of the era. So you could com- theoretically, Andrew, we didn't do a lot. We didn't do enough of this. We we got to try this more. Is is your opponent could technically spend all the resources and get the city and build the project, quote unquote, but you could go and take over that territory. And then if you own that territory at the end of the round, then the project comes to fruition and you get the points for it it's just such an yeah. interesting even though you didn't pay for it yeah you're, that's... even though you didn't pay for it technically but you you're going to get all the glory because you are controlling it when it when it actually completes anyway andrew and we then, can go on and on about well, I got, every new thing that we think about oh oh you got one have, more i do have one more just just to mix okay. it up just to make there's a short one just to mix it up in this game at the beginning of every round there's an event card that is going to be different oh, yeah. every time. And you flip that over. And that's going to, like, uh, the very first time we played, our first event was that there was a drought. And all of a sudden, yeah. all the resources Everything were more, more expensive. E- expensive or, or whatever. Yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. Uh, it was all less valuable or whatever. You had to, so you had we to were use just, more of it to, to get We were stuff. just, like, yeah. stressed mm-hmm. out trying to feed our people that first game. We were like, oh, my gosh, how am I going to get enough wheat? To yeah. Like, we weren't even worried about fighting. We were just yeah. like, uh, you know. Right. I know, I know. It's so it's so interesting. And Andrew, the, here's one thing for the replayability that that add, that 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 those cards add is that there is like eight cards or whatever for each of the three eras. So it's like the mix and match. I can't even do the math on that. But it's, it's like the mix and match on that is like in terms of every time you play a game, it's probably going to be a different set of three events that happen over the course yeah. of the game. At least 500 um, so million different combinations, I'll say. I, I mean, think I'm it's not... about, if I know if I know anything from my, uh, yeah, well, yeah, one of the guys that you can, one of the projects is like is like a famous mathematician, I think. So Archimedes. If I Archimedes, learned anything from that person, Archimedes, if I learned anything from Archimedes, it's that that's roughly 500. That's right. Uh, good, good gajillion. Um, <laughs> good, good, yeah, that's the number that Archimedes uh, uh, Variations, yeah, 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 yeah. Came up, came up with it. Kind of a funny, kind of a funky number. Andrew, we could go on and on for the next three hours, thinking up different things that just keep coming to mind. When we think of this game, but uh, we got to stop at some point and talk about how this game came to be. Give me a little bit of history of this game, man. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, I don't know much about ancient Greek history, but I do know about this game. Don't know history. much about. Great. Ancient <laughs> Greek history. Yeah. Um, game was published in 2020, so pretty recently, by uh, Devere Games, uh, and is de- designed by a man named F- uh, Fran Diaz, uh, Spanish hmm. Spanish guy. And uh, it's hit currently, at the time of this recording, his only published game. Um, wow. 
Yes, uh, he has another one in development that I saw on Board Game Geek. Uh, that it looks like another war game uh, kind of thing. So what's it uh, called? Um, I forget. I didn't write it down. It's called like oh, oh my god. It's Andrew. called like Last One Standing or something like that. Oh, I guess mm-hmm. it's like a memory test, something like that. Um, Let's see here. And it had a picture of his prototype on, and it was like a big map with a bunch of cubes on it. So, um, <clears throat> but you're gonna look it up right now. I'll, I'll just I am gonna look it up yeah. right now. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> um, never surrender. Never Andrew, surrender. What did I say? Never Last one standing. That's cool, pretty close. Surrender. Yeah, never surrender. Oh, it's World War Two. Okay. Uh, okay, there you go. Anyway, wow. uh, <clears throat> he actually started designing this game. Started thinking about this game uh, in way back in 2010, and hmm. it was originally published in the year 2012. Uh, it was called same same name, Polis, uh, but I guess mm-hmm. it's Polis colon. Fight for the Hegemony uh, on Board Game mm-hmm. Geek. It's like listed that way. Yeah, it has like this, a subtitle. Or, yeah, this yeah. was mm-hmm. a this was a print and play uh, originally on Board Game Geek. So you you printed out yourself. Um, what for real? It yeah. started out as a print and play. That was the the original. Yeah, but it was it was it was eventually wow. published by a Spanish company, um, Asylum Games. Yeah, and okay. it, yeah, and it, it, even then it still had a pretty small following. Um, but it was it was nominated for best two player game in the Golden Geek Awards, so hmm. you know it got a little bit of recognition there. Um, speaking of Golden Geek Awards, I'm gonna do a little aside here. Um, I feel like we have not been paying attention to these awards enough because they do have a category for t- <laughs> yeah for two player games specifically. I, two-player I think games. I have it like saved as a bookmark. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Pete, we Don't have... Don't as often as we should. We have, um, I was looking at it today, uh, we have reviewed several of the, the winners of the two-player board game. Really? Game. Do you well, want well, well. you want to take a guess as to any of them? that, And a lot of them are... Oh, most that of have, them are, like that have won? That have won the award, yes. I think we have one, huh. two, three... Hold on, let me see. I think, f- oh, four... Five of them. Um, okay. How about really five of them? Okay, yeah. you ready? Um, Star Wars Rebellion. Yes. Wow. Okay. Um, Android Netrunner. Yes. How about that? Uh, what else have we done that's like really critically acclaimed? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, uh, oh, uh, Seven Wonders Duel. Seven Wonders Duel. You got it. Oh. Two more. Two more that we have covered, huh? Yeah. Wow. I'm gonna have to just give oh, them to you. Oh, now I'm at the point where. Okay. <laughs> it's another. another uh, how about another Star Wars? Oh, go ahead. Another Star Wars. Really, another Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, X-wing. Really? Yes, yeah, Star Wars X-wing. Wow. Okay. Okay. And um, then. Um. And Watergate. Watergate. You got it. <laughs> How, How about did, that? I was just trying to—I was just trying to run down in my head the most like well-known or yeah. you know, like critically yeah. game. X-wing does kind of surprise me though, because I feel—I guess that is very well loved, but I guess I always just assumed that was kind of like a niche. You know, what I mean. Uh, well, I mean, how many two-player <laughs> games come out every year? I mean, I don't know. True, a, true. a lot, but not not as many as just the general, you know, two to four-player games or whatever. Yeah, two, two to six. Uh. And of course, Catan card game, uh, of course, being probably <laughs> well, the biggest winner of them all. Huh? And um, yes, and Harry Potter and Sorcerer's Stone Quidditch card game also. <laughs> that well, that was actually they didn't start doing that award until two thousand six. So um, that oh, one, Razzies? Do they have a Razzies <laughs> version? <of> the... <laughs> I wish. 
Um, anyway, right, anyway, Andrew, where was I going with it? Anyway, so okay, Fran uh, Fran Diaz. Um, he. Oh well, this this won one basically is what you were saying. No, it was nominated. It was nominated. It, oh, was, it did not win. It did not. It win. didn't win one. What the no. heck? No. Um, it was nominated. The original version. Uh, polis. Oh, the original version. And I'm not sure this one did not win in 20 because 2020 was um an undaunted North Africa 2020. So. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if it was nominated or not. I didn't feel like looking that up. Okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Fran Diaz uh, says that he himself is not a scholar of this uh, ancient Greek time period, but he read a book about it, and, mm. and he thought, hey, this might be a good setting for a board game. He never designed a board game before. It's the first one, like I said. So he read a bunch yeah. of books uh, over about the course of a year, was just like reading books about this time period. And he, as he's learning about the... Um, about uh, Athens and uh, Sparta and everything, he was also simultane- simultaneously developing the game mechanics. As so, the theme and mechanics were developed like at the same time. Uh, wow! So uh, you know, unlike uh, other games, but like, separately, technically, mm-hmm. yeah. Unlike like uh, remember uh, Doctor Steve of Nanga Parbat, who said like he doesn't care about based on themes. This guy said right. He, this guy said he feels very strongly about theme being integral to a game. He feels, and I think he pulled it off gotcha. really because every action kind of has an explanation to it as to why that would happen. You know, yes. like we talked about before. Um, yep. <clears throat> but anyway, he said the game was originally when he first designed it was like way larger and really impossible to manage. It took like six hours to play. This is his prototype. Hmm. And um, mm-hmm. so there was like an editing process where I had to like pare it down, take out a bunch of unnecessary elements from the game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He describes it, This you were alluding to this earlier, he described it as a mix between a Euro game and a war game and said okay. that it can be a great entry point into either. So like if you're a fan of Euro games, it, can, it can let you in on the world of war games a little bit and vice versa. If you're a war gamer, you know, could kind of introduce mm-hmm. you to Euro games a bit. And uh, so it's a good gateway between the two, which I think is nice. Yeah, um, that's nice. So anyway, where I said this was published in 2020. This is all happening before 2020. In, uh, Devere uh, kind of um, hooked up with him and decided to do a second edition. So this is, even though it's not called second edition, it's called Polis, um, but it kind of is a separate. It's very similar to the old one mm-hmm. in terms of the gameplay. Um, some yeah. changes they made, they, they took out one round. It used to be four rounds instead of three. Um, they took out one of the resources. Mm-hmm. Olives was one of the resources before this. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And he said that he tweaked some of the like the balance issues, make it a little bit more balanced. Um, even though this this game does, it is a little bit asymmetric. It starts out slightly uh, out mm-hmm. of balance, you know. But um, yeah. <clears throat> so good on him. But uh, the only other thing really was the materials. The we didn't even talk about this. The materials of this game. This game is thick all right this this board is thick this game is thick <laughs> the, it, the cubes fit inside the production of production value yeah yeah the 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 board has these little like square uh, recesses little divots in there that the cubes mm-hmm. can fit in so because he said like <laughs> he's seen he said in in the previous version of the game he's seen games ruined by like somebody who's wearing like a long, uh, loose-fitting long sleeves, you know, and they brush all the cubes across the board, and it just yeah, you know. like a wizard's uh, yes. robe sleeves, and then suddenly <laughs> yeah, it's like whoosh. Gandalf would have get yeah, uh, a terrible could time not, with that original version. Could yeah. not play this game, um, yeah. but now he can. Now Gandalf can play this game because because the cubes fit inside these little divots. So um, all that stuff was like the big the big improvements on the game. So hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I can speak to that for sure. Uh, you know, Devere just seems to be really knocking it out of the park with these. They, they seem to have a really good, a great curation going on. So I, I, I'm glad that they found this game, basically, and said, hey, are you interested in, like, ramping it up? Like, ma- making an even better version of this, basically. Right. And the, the, the produ- I mean, this is some of the best production value. I mean, these boards, like you said, thick as can yeah. be. And well, just good quality, you know what I mean? And they look great, and there's... Well, we talked about all these complicated systems that are in this game, and they are... So you do need a bit of a complicated board to yeah. keep track of it all, you know what I mean? But it, it just it works because yeah. of, uh, you know, the planning that went into planning the actual uh, components of it. Yes, yeah, it, it, it seems, especially at first glance, it seems very complicated. You're like, wow, there's a lot of stuff in this game. It's a big yeah. box, you know, but um, mm-hmm. but once you start playing, then it's like, oh, okay, this, this this little chart over here, which seemed like really crazy, is actually very helpful. You know, I like this little chart. Right, <laughs> right, right. It's, it's like, oh, it just has 20 divots because I need to keep track of potentially having 20 of these things. Right. You know what I mean? And, and like, it actually makes it very easy to keep track of. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. So, um, how about that? Yeah. Speaking of my, uh, my re my, uh, review of the, um, components <laughs> of this game, Andrew is a plus a plus. Out of 100. Very good. Well, wow. wow. That's what I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, but not everybody takes reviews as seriously as me, Andrew. In <laughs> fact, why don't we go ahead and review on this? review on this okay we're gonna review on this and that means that pete went to the internet he went to board mm-hmm. game geek i assume and he looked up mm-hmm. people's insane reviews about this game and uh we're just gonna you know sit back and uh just ponder about what what kind of person would write this thing on the internet yeah that's right andrew i uh I went up and i fired up netscape navigator you know what i mean uh <laughs> And typed in askjeeves.com, and I and I asked Ooh. Jeeves, where oh. do I find you know reviews of board games? You know what I mean? I'm gonna spit out my water. Um, <laughs> when you said Netscape Navigator, Netscape it's so Navigator. funny. You just, <laughs> that's not even that funny. It's just, but you just mentioned something that I haven't thought of for like 20 years, and then I almost spit out my water because I'm laughing. Well, you know, it's kind of funny. Andrew, um, the first review actually, despite that, is actually not uh, uh, well. I didn't read it on the internet. I read it on the packaging of this game, Andrew. Oh, I wanted what? to first and foremost say that, yeah, the second edition of this game, the, the gorgeous box that it comes in, has a, you know, a little a band around it that can help keep the box together. And on that is printed some promotional material. And they even print a review on here, Andrew. Okay. One of which says, um, just very confused. And they attribute that to a Board Game Geek user. Um <laughs> well, so, I I like I like the folks over at Devere really have like a good um you know sense of humor and a good uh you know uh what's the word I'm looking for they they don't uh, they don't take themselves too seriously. Yes. You know oh, I, mean? I like agree. It, this is this is the kind of game where somebody would very likely review and say I'm very confused. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> at first, at least. Uh, and so they didn't shy away from printing that right on the uh, the label there. And I think that's uh, I love it. I, wow, I love they rev- uh, they reviewed on this on the box. That's awesome. <laughs> they did a little miniature review on this on the box. Yeah, we'll get the royalties any day now from them. I'm sure mm. checking the mail. Andrew, diving right in 
to uh, to the old internet, my favorite place to be. Not toxic at all on the internet, Andrew, which is why it's my <laughs> you know place of health. Andrew, so this person gave it a one uh, out of ten. And this is uh, this is a bad. They didn't like it. They said rather lackluster rules uh, <sighs> that keep you too limited and makes the game end way too quickly. Well, Andrew. <sighs> This game does last around two hours or so. So this person is what? They're looking for a game that lasts 24 hours, maybe? I don't know. I can't. You know what I mean? Like, it's insane to me that somebody would, in their review, say that this game is too quick. You know what I mean? Like, um, it's a it's a fun two hours, but it's a two it's a it's a long game. You know what I mean? There's a lot. Yeah. There's so much to be done. You know. Well, I mean? maybe maybe this so. is one of those war gamers you're talking. I did. I was listening to. Oh, yeah. I was listening to another podcast the other day, which features a lot of war gamers sometimes, and. Uh, I somebody described Axis and Allies as a light war game, and I I was like, oh yeah, I guess I, guess. I was like, uh, wow. <laughs> on our on our podcast, we're always like using that as the example of like a super complicated, super long game. Okay, all right. Yes, right, 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 right. <laughs> uh oh, yeah, we're absolutely you know casuals in that world. For yeah. Sure. Uh, Andrew, this person gave it a seven out of ten, and they said, this is this is the entire review. It just said. Not yet in my hands, dot, dot, dot. Um, and they gave it a 7 out of 10, Andrew. So I think this is a classic example of what is called pining, Andrew. Mm. This person is longing for the touch of Polis, and they're thinking about the time when they can hold it in their hands and never let it go. Not yet in my hands, my dear. You know, it's yeah. very Shakespearean. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, That's... oh, that I could hold you in my hands, Polis. 7 out of 10, you know? <laughs> 7 out of 10. I would have loved, yeah, I would have loved if... Uh... You know, Romeo gave a rating to, at, at the balcony scene or something like that. Oh, wherefore art that, thou? That, what, that, what, what number four art thou, Juliet, out of ten? <laughs> out of ten. <laughs> out of ten. Yeah. That's what they need more of in Shakespeare. Yeah, rose Andrew, this rose by any is... other name, smell as sweet as nine out of ten. <clears throat> <laughs> this person also gave it a seven out of ten, Andrew. They said, getting food is hard. Without food, you die. Where do I get food? <laughs> Now, Andrew, that was the entire review from this. That was person. the whole so thing. I'm hoping. I'm, I'm. That was it. That's all they wrote. So I'm hoping this person meant to post this, you oh, know, no. as their review for the game Polis, and they didn't mistakenly post it here on this website when they meant to post it in like their municipal government's forum board or something. Oh like no! You know what I mean? I'm hoping. I'm hoping they're okay. Basically, that they're not just trying to. Oh, this is this is a uh, message in a bottle situation. Like, uh, where yes. do I get food? You know, I'm on a desert where do island. I get food. Yeah. This Here's is, my coordinates. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sent. This is yeah. Gill- Gilligan's. Andrew. Okay, there you go. That's Gilligan's review. Yeah, hopefully. Actually, hopefully Gil- making the. Hopefully, Gil- the professor's making something out of coconuts. Gil- yeah, well, Gilligan clearly, for some reason, never had trouble finding food. They never showed that on the show, but whatever. That's a good point. And hey, let's just say the skipper. Uh, yeah, right? Let's just say the skipper seems to be finding food, too. You know what I mean? Andrew, no one cares about those references. So let's move on to this one where this person gave an 8 out of 10. They said, the game demands your time and brain and a commitment of play count to unearth. So, Andrew, the game is offering an interesting trade, according to this person. They're basically saying, like, I'll be a game that you can play, and all I ask for return is your time and your brain. You know what I mean? Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And me, and I'm just, I'm just like, well, honestly, I'm not using my brain for anything else. So yeah, sure. Oh. You know, you know, here you go. <laughs> here this you is kind of like a, uh, 
like some sort of mad scientist situation kind of thing. Yeah. 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 They're, they're hooking my brain up to the game. Yeah. And then uh, inserting time, you know, a clock or whatever. And they're like, "Mm, it lives, you know, Andrew, this person gave it a nine out of 10. They said, I'd love to see this adapted to a four player conflict. Andrew, true psychopath here. (laughs) just wants to see more factions join a war. You know what I mean? There's really a new type of guy here, Andrew, guy who doesn't like civil wars because there's only two sides you know what I mean? Losing people. <laughs> Wants as many people at also, war as possible. Okay. Somebody who clearly has more than one friend. I mean, this this person should oh, yeah. be canceled immediately. I just find out yeah, where this so person is. Get them fired from their job. This is get like... Get them fired. <laughs> Conservatives' worst nightmare. What a garbage you know I mean? take. The, get, the, get the woke mob on this guy. <laughs> the <laughs> woke... definitely exists. Yeah, but, you know what I mean? But in this case, uh, our woke mob is going to be pretty small because it's just a bunch of people who have one friend, so it's like we can't really yeah, get that true. many people together. It's kind of a... Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so. kind of a loose mob. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's just like a, Andrew, just like a couple people. Um, <laughs> this person gave it a 9 out of 10. They said, someone described Polis as knife fight in a phone booth. Mm-hmm. An intimate war. That's it. An intimate war, Andrew, is how this person <laughs> described this one. Uh, is this person describing my bedroom? Hello. <laughs> you know what I mean? An intimate Andrew, war. Andrew. Um, but I digress. This person gave it a 10 out of 10, Andrew, and they said, This is a never-ending pit in which you can just lose yourself over and over again, one game after another. And keep in mind, Andrew, this person gave the game a perfect score so they love oh. being in a never-ending pit so just gonna go ahead and assume their other reviews are like awesome game it's like getting your head and hands locked in a giant a wooden plank and like so i can't really move my hands or my <laughs> or they're like or they're like love this game it's like being waterboarded by the cia <laughs> yes yeah Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This game love, is like you know, love this. Love this, this game. game. Yeah, you know. This game is like is like finding a a a treat on the ground with a rope in a circle around it, and then you step in it, and then you and then your ankle gets caught in the rope, and then it, the tree flicks you up in the air. You know? <laughs> Somehow yeah. that always works. Was this game? <laughs> love this game. Was it? What was it? Made by Acme? Uh, because it blew up in my face, or you know. When, Andrew, uh, speaking of things that cause PTSD, uh, I, I, I hope you don't mind, but I invited a therapist over, you know what I mean, so uh, to help us a little bit here. And I think I think he just arrived, Andrew, because uh, that's a familiar rap on your door can only be Dr. Fraser Crane. Dr. Fraser Crane. Oh, yeah. Dr. Fraser Crane is here not to help us with the therapy session, but here to help us count down... Uh, the top ten very common phrases that you're going to hear anyone, really, say while playing the game of Polis. Number ten. I was in a fraternity in college, so I know a thing or two about Greek history. Number nine. Okay, citizen, here's a piece of iron. Now, get out there and don't die. Number eight. Greece is the word. Well, actually, um, there there isn't a unified Greece at this time, so Sparta is the word, and well, Athens is also the word. Number seven. Okay, citizen, here's some wood. Now get out there, make a boat, and don't die. Number six. It's all Greek to me. And to you, because you're playing as well. Yeah, it's Greek to both of us. Number five. Okay, citizen, I made you some statues of naked people. Now get out there and don't get nasty in public. Number four. This is my turn! Number three. Okay, citizens, 
Here's some wheat. Now eat it and don't die. Number two. Well, what do you mean I can't feed my population with only wine? What, what did I get all this wine for? Huh. Number one. Okay, citizens, now we don't have enough wheat, so get out of here, and I'm going to need some of you to die. Hey, folks, just wanted to take a quick break in the middle of the episode to remind you that Two Can Play That Game now has a Patreon. A Patreon? A Patreon? Pete, what's a Patreon? Patreon is an alien from the planet Pet Petros. Just kidding, <laughs> Andrew. I couldn't even couldn't even keep a straight face through that one. Patreon is, of course, the website where you can go, Andrew, and people can pledge a monthly payment to us, basically, um, as a way of saying, keep up the great work, and also they can also demand prizes basically wow <laughs> um, and so what what they get in, in, in you know in exchange for giving us some a little bit of uh de niro uh robert de niro every month is uh things like access to bonus content um access to some goods literal physical goods that we send them access to possibly a game that we've created all these things um access to just a community of of people uh, who uh, support the show that they wouldn't get otherwise. So um, wow. look into that. Uh, you can find us at patreon.com forward slash two can play that game podcast. And you can look at all the different tiers, all the different um, options for you in terms of money that you'd want to send us from almost nothing to too much, honestly, <laughs> and decide what's right for you. Well, you heard it here first, folks, so patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash two-can-play-that-game-podcast. And now, let's get back to the show, Pete. Okay. Love break. Oh, yeah, it's time for another love break here on the show. We're going to be breaking some love, and uh, by that mean... Breaking love, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> I've just been handed some, some breaking, breaking love here. You know, I've just been handed some breaking love. <laughs> just been handed some breaking love. Uh, <laughs> a hunk of hunk of breaking That's love. That's right, folks. That's right, folks. It's uh, Love Break, which is, of course, our segment where we take a little bit of a break from uh, from the rest of the episode, and we return to an ongoing game, uh, Fog of Love, that we've been playing for many weeks now uh and we just take our next turn here so yeah. andrew i believe it's your turn it is my turn and i've got my card here ready to play into our ongoing okay. relationship and uh okay. here it is this is kind of a dicey one here pete uh it's hmm. the card is called convert to another religion yeah so we're getting what? serious here in our relationship yeah oh my gosh listen listen pete we've been we've been tiptoeing around this subject too long should one of us convert? Now, as you know, uh, well, the listeners don't know this, but uh, you, Pete, in our relationship, of course, you know that I'm a devout uh, Scientologist in the game. So, um, ah, you know, yes, I, yes. Well, you that... are a uh, you are a social media influencer. So, <laughs> right. Well, they love celebrities. Your character is yeah. They're always trying to get celebrities to make them look good. So, yeah. Um, and right. you're about to be declared a suppressive person. So, uh, you need to uh, convert to my religion, probably. Um, oh, okay, okay. Well, and Andrew, I'm going to go ahead. Because I'm a chef, I'm trying to think of... Uh, I think what I'm going to go with is I am the Ewok religion where they worship C-3PO. You know what I mean? Because they're... Because they're, that's when they find religion, basically, is when they're cooking, trying to cook 
Luke and <laughs> Luke yeah. and the whole crew. You know what I mean? And then yeah, they obviously, you know, suddenly C three PO is floating through the sky. Yeah. So yeah. that that really speaks to me as a chef. You know. And and as a Star Wars fan, I'm kind of like, oh well, maybe I could convert to that one. I don't know. Mm, so. Maybe I could convert. Yeah, you're think you're mulling it over. <laughs> you know what I mean? So so Andrew, it looks like for this one, it's a both choose. So we're both going to choose either A or B. And if we choose A, it, we say I will convert to your religion. Uh, we get minus two to our, our satisfaction, but and, and we take a hit to our sincerity, but we get an increase in our gentleness. Uh-huh. Um, and if we choose B, it says, I will not change my religion. You take a hit to your gentleness, but you do get an increase in your sincerity. Um, and uh, and in that case, um, oh, right, the, uh, the other person gets minus two to their... There's satisfaction. And yeah. it looks like if we, if one of us chooses A, one of us chooses B, um, oh, we get the a person who chooses of... A gets like a big, yeah, big increase, a bump uh, of plus eight to their satisfaction. And then the chooser of, of B gets a plus two, so they also get, so that's cool. That's obviously ideal. Yeah. Um, and if and if we both choose B and neither of us change oh, our religion, then we get... Yeah, we have to, we both, we both lose satisfaction and we have to draw a drama scene the person that played the card yeah this is the this is the prisoner's dilemma andrew this is yeah. the whole like if you're uh game theory prisoner's dilemma where well, it's, it's you know, only they're like hey if you rat on the other person yeah yeah you'll you know you'll get uh two years instead of eight years or whatever but if they rat on if you both rat on each other you're both going away but if you both decide not to rat on each other you know yada anyway um so fascinating like- andrew Oh well, if you convert to his religion, then it'll be good. But if you mm-hmm. don't, then it's yeah. You're gonna be right, exactly. You'll be unhappy, yada yada. All right. Well, I think I'm. I think I have my thing locked in here, Andrew. <clears throat> I do as well. Um. So. Oh, this is a little nerve wracking. All right. You ready? Yes. Uh, let's reveal in three, two, one, flip. Oh, oh my God, Andrew. We both choose A. Of course. We so we. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were gonna stay in your religion. Um, because yours was an actual religion, my, but now I guess I should have realized you want to. It's hard to get a, away from Scientology, Andrew. Are you sure you're gonna? They'll, I think they hunt you down. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, they probably will make my life uh, really miserable. But I couldn't yeah. pass up no. that sweet, sweet uh, Ewok religion <laughs> that you are. So. Yeah, I know it is. It is pretty good. You get to play drums on Stormtrooper helmets and stuff. Yeah, Andrew. The um, music is great. the music is great. <laughs> I go so to the services both, we, for the music. Really, as well for the music. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a choir and uh, and a band, and it's just Stormtrooper helmet. Oh, Andrew. Man. Um, oh, by the way, we also, um, as uh, as true Star Wars fans will know, um, they the Ewoks sound like they're saying "I like rice, Martin Short" in that one <laughs> scene. So we just you're gonna you're gonna love our holiday dinners where we eat rice and watch Martin Short movies. Anyway, no, I can't wait. Andrew, uh, <laughs> I like rice, Martin Short. All right, so um, Andrew, Andrew, we both decided to convert to each other's religion, which does make us more gentle. So let's let's adjust our gentleness up and our sincerity That's down. That's Sincerity's interesting. down. So but I didn't... think I think Andrew, I think canonically, what this means is we both have converted to each other's religion. So now you now oh. you are the Ewok religion, and I'm a Scientologist. This is a uh, classic gift of the Magi uh, situation. This is a, right? yes. This is a gift of the Magi moment. We both came home. Yes. I came home. Hey, guess what? I I, I did it. I converted to religion. <laughs> what? No, I I converted to your religion. <laughs> yeah. Oh exactly. no. Classic gift of the Magi moment. 
We have our oh, religion. Uh, we have our religion certificates in our hands. Like, look, look I did it. You know. <laughs> oh man. Uh, and we take. I we do take a hit to our satisfaction. It's a small hit. It's only minus two, but uh, yeah. we are still kind of low on Pretty satisfaction low. in this relationship, Andrew. Uh, but there is much more of this game to be played. Uh, yes. We do not have time to keep going now, Andrew. We got to get back to the game, of course. Oh, so man. we'll have to pick this up uh, next week. How about that, Andrew? Ah, that's fine with me. I changing it up on me but all right okay yeah yeah okay uh and um andrew you know what i'm gonna change something up on you as well here uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna throw another person in the mix how you like this Ooh, uh, getting no, spicy. No, no. don't worry i'm not saying to get another friend in here of course oh, uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't betray you like that huh. i'm saying why don't we go ahead and uh, take a call from an acquaintance acquaintance call in yeah that's right it's time for an acquaintance call in this is of course the segment where we talk to someone who many shows would refer to as a friend of the show but for our show that would just be disingenuous so let's talk to an acquaintance just someone we know now andrew who do we have on the line today oh pete we have a very special guest today from the world of board game uh podcasts and youtube shows uh from the wonderful show actually i've been listening to now for a little while uh, it's called Beyond Solitaire. Uh, we have Liz Davidson. Liz, thank you for joining us. Hey, uh, I'm impressed that you guys even have one friend. <laughs> yes, now that you've known us. Yeah, Liz having known us for a short period of time already is just like, how do they even get each other? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. uh, um, I was definitely into me. <laughs> <laughs> now, Liz, we, of course, do a show about um, two-player games because we, we only have each other as friends, but you do a show all about solo board gaming. Is that true? Uh, yeah, my podcast actually covers a wider range of topics. So it's not solo exclusive, but uh, in terms of reviews or tutorials on my channel, yeah, it's it's solo only. And I actually chose that originally, not because, I mean, I don't have friends, but I have people who are willing to play games with me, you know, you know, mm -hmm. it can happen. But yes. um, I needed to nice. limit myself somehow <laughs> to what I would cover. So solo gaming is nice because yes. you can test everything yourself and you can get all the plays in that you need. And you don't have to wait for somebody to agree to play something with you for like the eighth time and they're already tired of it. Yes, I like that. <laughs> you can do everything on your own schedule, which is great. Uh, great yeah, so. no, Andrew and I, of course, think this is great because uh, we look up to someone who has cut down even to no friends. Uh, we're getting there. <laughs> Trust me. Minimal <laughs> Andrew and I are It'll happen Andrew. soon. <laughs> Just yeah, one, the, you know. One, one rough more, board game night, uh, you know, away from having zero friends. So we're one we're, more Uve game, and then Andrew will be out of here. You know what that's I mean? right. <laughs> I'll be in. I'll be on cloud nine, and Andrew will be uh, having. He'll he'll go to war game yeah. uh, conventions. You know what I mean? Which yes. actually, well, actually, hey, that brings that's a nice little segue. Andrew didn't even didn't even try into this game, of course, uh, which is kind of a mix. We were saying of a war game and a Euro game, in our opinion, uh, which is the game of Polis. Um, now, Liz, you also have a background in classics um, and, you know, obviously Greek and Roman um, history and stuff like that as well. Is that true? Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, I have studied Latin and Greek. Uh, mostly I teach Latin now, but yes, I had to learn Greek. Actually, the first class I ever taught was Greek. Um, and oh, wow. so it's fun to talk about Greek stuff sometimes. <laughs> that seems difficult. Uh, how how difficult was it learning Greek? I feel like I mean, obviously everything's difficult, but I mean Latin. Obviously, we have Greek some. We share some romance, um, you know, background too, or whatever. But I mean, Greek is an Indo-European language too. And structurally, it's not totally mm -hmm. different. Uh, you you okay. have to learn the alphabet on the first day of a Greek class, and then after that, ah, uh, 
Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How many symbols are there in a Greek alphabet? I can't. Oh, geez. I don't know. 27. Oh. 27. Okay, so just like similar to ours. Okay, I, I, could, yeah. I was like, it could be, I was like, Liz just, could say four or Liz could say Just go look at some 50. frat houses. I have no idea. Yeah. The, yeah, right. Okay. Count the number of COVID strains so far. And, uh, yes, yes, yes. yes. By the time this there. comes out, you know what I mean? Well, there'll have to be an increase in the old alphabet over there. They'll have to get into Latin, probably. Is what they'll have to be. <laughs> you know, they have to skip a letter um, because the Greek oh. letter Xi is spelled X I, and that's also the Chinese present. And so uh, yeah, they oh, did not Jinping, actually yeah. have a, a, a COVID variant for that letter because yeah, wow. probably smart, probably Seems smart. Wrong. Yes, exactly. See, my, like, my, brain, my brain doesn't like that. I'd be like, well, you can't skip something, but like, I get it. Yeah. Fine. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know? At the same time, though, mm -hmm. like Greek letters get just messed up all the time. Like if you look at it, it's like, oh, it's Greek life. Like there's a show called Greek and it was spelled G-R Sigma Sigma K. So Grisk. Yeah, right. Yes. Well, that's well, happened. And also, in this game. also, Andrew, go ahead and explain why that is so pertinent about this game. Actually. Right. One of the one of the rounds is in the instructions. It says that it's epsilon, uh, mm -hmm. the epsilon round, but it's clearly a sigma symbol mm -hmm. on the board. And mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, one I, out of ten. I, cover your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I and you know, I part of me wants to give the you know give the developers a a pass. Um, but I do it from my. I'm thinking to myself, well, English isn't their first language. It's like, yeah, but it's this is this is uh, great. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't even doesn't matter about. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I uh, I, I wasn't even thinking well, about the fact that it's a, it's it's a whole different language to everybody. But part of me thought like, oh, maybe they don't want to just have like an E because I think epsilon right is just like the same as E. But um, they have A it's for a alpha. E. <laughs> it's a cute oh, E. Go. Good point. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a very round one, I think. Right. Yeah, it's just, it looks kind of like a three, but the other way. Backwards Yeah, but it's odd because they didn't call it the Sigma round for some reason. So I don't know. Um, oh well. Um, otherwise, the component—I mean, the components for this game are amazing. It's just that one thing stuck out, and I wouldn't even have noticed it. But Andrew, I think, has a background in some classics type stuff. Mm, small, very, but... very small. Not as much as Liz, <laughs> I can say. But speaking More than of that, that's for sure. <laughs> speaking of that, Liz, well, much less than Liz. Um, Liz, listening to your show, I, I, you've, you've also you talk a lot to a lot of. Um, I guess academic type people these days on your show, mm. uh, professors, people who use board games in their classrooms. And so um, this is kind of a huge question to ask and you don't have a lot to answer here, but like, um, how do you see in a nutshell, how do you see board games? Do they have a place in the classroom? Like especially history related board games, that kind of thing. Um, do they even have a place in the classroom? How, how, how can you use that uh, to teach? So I think they extremely have a place in the classroom, but of course I'm biased. Uh, my podcast is actually sponsored by uh, Central Michigan University's Center for Learning Through Games and Simulations. Um, and basically there's a whole just group of professors and high school teachers and probably well beyond that, people who want to bring gaming into their pedagogy in the classroom in one way or another. So some people make games that are kind of specifically for their classroom. Some people take games from the outside and use that to talk about history and maybe look critically at the game in order to get historical concepts across. Uh, there's a lot of historical role-playing that happens in classrooms. Mm -hmm. And then there are also just games to kind of get kids to practice with vocabulary or do whatever. There's a whole right. range of ways that games can be used. And I'm actually a really big believer. Um, I think that people learn best through play. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm 
I'm a Latin teacher. A lot of people who've taken Latin associate that with pain. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But actually, my students will tell you Latin is their easiest class, and they don't realize how much Jedi mind tricking goes into helping them think that. Nice. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we just use Latin all the time. Instead of having to memorize stuff, it's like, oh, I'll just like point to things that they'll understand what I'm talking about in Latin. Um, yeah. You know, I, I use this example all the time just because it's hilarious to me. I found like a movie short about farts and like had the kids talking about who did it in an elevator. <laughs> <laughs> but like the conversation can take place entirely in Latin if you just teach them enough Latin to like have the convo. And yeah. um, you know, we play just, even if it's just today, like they there's like little game sites that you can, play vocab games on your cell phone so we do that um mm-hmm, i played a mm-hmm. game this week in class called the unfair game where kids take turns i split the class in half and like side a gets to try to answer a question and then if they get it right they get to choose whether they're going to keep their points or give them to side b but they don't know if the points are positive or negative yet oh ah. and so and honestly it's just a powerpoint like the 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 link goes to the same place they don't know that <laughs> <laughs> but um they're all listening right up, now they're all yeah. convinced that they're psychic and they're all just convinced that like, oh no, it's gotta be positive this time because last few were negative. It's like watching <laughs> them gamble on it. Um, they develop weird <laughs> rituals. Like one of the teams will always get a coin out when we start this game and they let the coin decide what they will do. Ooh, um, that's, that's what I like. But yeah. sometimes they vote. Sometimes they just put the pressure on whoever into the question. It's just, it's like a fun social experiment as well just to see like how the team will decide to, to make a choice. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. All of those things, I think the gaming both targeted towards a subject and just playing games about stuff in the classroom. It has a place because people learn better when they're playing. Um, Mm -hmm. When you are engaged in something, you remember it better and you think about like, how do I make the wheel turn? How do I make the machine go? Mm -hmm. And gaming can do that better than pretty much anything. You'll always have to read facts at some point, but um, you know, a game can really make something come together for you depending on the choices the designer makes in a way that is important and yeah. better i think than than just rote learning of any kind yeah 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 like you said like get away from memorization basically yeah i think there's something to like connecting um connecting something you're trying to learn to a memory you know what i mean or or yeah. just like having done something as opposed to just like looking at a piece of paper so yeah that makes perfect sense to me hmm. i That's feel like cool. i've learned that i I never really studied ancient Greek history or anything, but I feel like I even learned like a, a sliver of it from playing this game of Polis, which, which, you know, yeah. I didn't really even quite understand the fact that back then it was all separate city-states like that. You yeah, know? <laughs> right. I feel like Andrew and I have multiple times, every single time that we have played uh, a history-based game for this podcast, we have learned everything about that thing specifically from the board game. You know what I mean? Like when we played Watergate, I know I've taught, we probably talked about Watergate in school sometime. I don't remember a single thing about it. And then I learned everything about it from that yeah. game. And now I will remember everything about it because of having learned it alongside the game. But same thing with like, we played Shores of Tripoli and it's like, I knew nothing about that small, you know, war nothing at the beginning that. of the United States history and stuff like that. And now I know all about it. You know what I mean? Et cetera. Same with this. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I can speak to that. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the game book pairing where I'll play a game, I start to get really into it, and then I'll go read a book on the topic, and it feels mm-hmm. better because I recognize mm-hmm. all the characters or events, so to speak. So that sense mm-hmm. of familiarity makes it easier to latch onto the book. Yeah, that's very good. That's a very good point. Um, yeah, I feel like I could I feel like I could dig into 
yeah, all sorts of, I, yeah, especially after I play the game, I have an increased interest in it. You know what I mean? Um, and I could, I feel like I could go read a book about it, which I don't often feel <laughs> about history. Um, now, so being familiar with the area as you are, Liz, um, and um, knowing a little, you know, knowing what you know about the Peloponnesian War and that factoring into not only your learning, but also your teaching, um, I got to ask you, are you... Are you team Sparta or are you team Athens? If you had to choose one. I will always be team art and democracy and therefore team Athens. There you go. <laughs> me too, me too. Mm-hmm. So Sparta yeah, exactly. was, That's so you got to school me a little bit. Sparta was uh, anti-art uh, and democracy. They were fight, fight, fight. Is that? I mean, none of those things are ever purely true about anybody. Mm-hmm. I like to but... stereotype Liz, okay? But... Let's just, uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. But priorities, right? Like where the priorities were. <laughs> Sparta really put a higher emphasis on being a more militaristic society. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, you know, Athens is equally interested in having hegemony over other city states. So it's not like their hands are clean. Sure. It's just that in terms of general values and culture, you know, and, and this is made, this may actually be from my own training, right? We have more literature from Athens and mm-hmm. there's more Athenian influence on the sculpture and on the writing and on the mm-hmm. philosophy and so i actually think yeah. that it may also just be an unfair bias that i have where i just really like athens mm-hmm. because that's who i feel the most emotional connection with because that's whose mm-hmm. stuff i read uh-huh. so there's also yeah. the possibility of that yeah 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 and and like you said maybe like a little bit of a, a spin on it too where it's like uh, you know whenever we see the two cities like uh, or uh, police you know um displayed in media and stuff like that we're always see sparta we just see the war stuff you know what i mean but yeah. maybe if they showed a little bit more of the art that was there we might also like that you know what i mean that kind of thing right like you said that's like what you choose to show about both sides but i but i'm in the same boat as you where it's like based on what i know based on what i have seen you know what i mean it's like i would for the same reasons you know what i mean it's just like oh i like i like art you know what i mean like and i like yeah. the pursuit of art and the value and the the valuation of creating art so i'm going with Athens. you know what i mean Mm. Yeah. And I, I also mm-hmm. think though that that's actually something I always have to watch out for as a historian. Um, you know, I teach my students mm-hmm. about the Romans. The Romans were genocidal and a slave society. And yeah, I mean, they're not role models. They're interesting, mm-hmm. but they're right. not role models. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I always have to think about that because as a Latin student and you know, even my textbooks, you know, you kind of come out very pro-Roman and you identify really hard with the Romans and with their values about toughness and like purity and, you know, just just a general like Roman go get it attitude. But all that Mm -hmm. stuff is actually based on owning slaves and, (laughs) you know, um, oppressing various colonies around you and collecting taxes in a really brutal way. And, you know, so you see the good part and it's easy to identify with that. But that doesn't actually mean that that's accurate. And it's harder Mm -hmm. to, like, you have to remind yourself about that, especially at a distance. It's so easy to just see the good. It's kind of like, we talk about, like, the classics music station or whatever. It's like, oh, man, music was so much better back then. There's probably, like, an equal amount of total garbage then as there is now. And it just didn't survive in the Mm -hmm. (laughs) the greatest hits. (laughs) Yes. So 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 we're we're just getting Athens' greatest hits or whatever in the... uh... You know, or Sparta's it. greatest hits. Or Sparta's yeah. greatest mm-hmm. hits. Yeah, mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise known as the uh, film 300. Um, that's all you need to AKA, know. Really AKA Sparta's greatest hits. Um, well, yeah, that's a good. That's a. I think that's a very good point because it's like I feel like uh, I don't even know why, but 
this is true, but I feel like even just like as citizens of the United States, it's like, I don't know if this is like from our upbringing or not, but it's like Rome to me seems like, oh yeah, that's where it all, that's where we all started. That's, you know what I mean? We, uh, we have, we of course identify with Rome and, and like over Greece for some reason, but it's like, really, you know, why, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. And it's actually because a lot of the, um, founding fathers really identified with Rome. They knew uh, Latin, they mm, studied Latin and Greek. Uh, yep. There's actually a sculpture from the 1800s of George Washington dressed as like a Greek god sitting on a throne with like a with like the uh, his like mm. bare chested like wearing it's not a toga oh, so yeah that other yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> yeah and but uh, he's like he's like cut and he's like <laughs> oh yeah and um, <laughs> uh-huh. you know it made people really uncomfortable at the time but it also kind of says a lot you know, about yeah. how yeah. we understand ourselves. You know, so much of our legal system still uses lots of Latin because it makes us sound fancy and smart. I always tell my yeah. kids that they're going to feel um, more intelligent at cocktail parties for the rest of their lives because they can produce like a little bit of Latin. Yeah, <laughs> right, and, right, right, right. And the other mm-hmm. thing is that society in general, like, you know, Hobbes, Locke, all of our political um, thinkers mm. from the era that directly influenced the United States were all studying classics marks yep. new latin too you yeah know? yeah yeah mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. you know these this entire political soup that we emerged from mm-hmm. is deeply informed by readings yeah. of ancient literature right for better or worse like you said it's like uh you know i mean is it a coincidence that um you know a what became like essentially a nation built on forced labor of slaves, you know what I mean, for its prosperity in the United States or whatever, um, had an affinity towards, uh, you know, a Roman society that was also, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, had similar leanings. So good point. <laughs> Liz, I got a burning question for you, and we might even cut this out because it's just a question that I've always been curious about. My, um, my, all my knowledge of Greek history really comes, I'm, com- I'm coming out with it now, really comes from just reading all the Percy Jackson books uh, for me. Mm-hmm. And uh <laughs> That's really where I learned everything. Um, is it true? Is it true? Uh, as someone who studies Latin, is it true that the Romans just stole their whole culture from the Greeks? Uh, how true is that? There's truth to it. Okay. Um, quite a bit of truth to it. Like nothing's Ooh. ever 100% one way or the other, but it's mm-hmm. absolutely true that, um, you know, Roman, the Romans tended to practice what's called syncretism religiously, where they would be like, oh, this God is just like our God, like that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so they could just connect. And they did this with Egyptian gods as well. And they oh. also did this. Um, if you read Caesar talking about Gaul, it's like, oh, they have these gods that are basically just like our gods. It's just this one and this one. So it's not uncommon for the Romans to do that. However, the Romans also basically swallowed up Greek literature and its styles. So Roman poetic meters oh. are influenced by Greek. Uh, Roman plays are influenced by Greek comedy and tragedy. So the Romans essentially did Latin versions of Greek stuff. Um, even mm-hmm. the Aeneid, which is like the ultimate, you know, Roman poem, it's like half Iliad, half Odyssey and <laughs> uh, ripping off stories uh-huh. about the Trojan War. So like the Aeneid is basically kind of the justification for all that. Cause it's like, oh, Aeneas escaped from Troy and then he came and founded a city here in Italy and then his descendants founded Rome. So this is ours too. Oh, oh interesting. And mm-hmm. so the Romans tell stories that kind of take that Greek stuff and like make it theirs, which is really interesting. So, um, you know, it's, I don't know if they would call it theft. We would. Mm. At the same time, plagiarism <laughs> is super normal in this time. So like, 
Yeah. You know, this is something we don't we don't talk about this in, in ancient text at all. But like um, Galen, the famous doctor, once went book shopping and found somebody hawking a book by him that was not by him at all. Um, <laughs> several letters in the New Testament claim to be by the Apostle Paul, but based on linguistic analysis, are not. Uh, um, the three of the four Gospels in the New Testament. Um, there's a, the current reigning theory is that both Matthew and Luke copy from Mark because they're repeat verses, like large percentages. Basically, mm-hmm, just appearing mm-hmm. in all three, and then there's yeah. some shared material between Matthew and Luke. But the thing is, we see that as like, oh, that's so terrible! Oh my gosh! Oh no, they're plagiarists. Give them an F. <laughs> but that's not actually how ancient Give people understood F. their literature. Yeah. Um, to mm-hmm. them, that was like almost flattery. Like if you wrote something like as if it was from Paul, like there's nothing wrong with that. Like it just be like, oh yeah, this is a Pauline voice I'm using, and I can say it's from Paul because it's essentially what he would have thought, right? And right, nobody would think right, anything right. of it. Like, right. If I say this is from Paul, they'll know what that what that means or whatever Mm -hmm. yeah like our obsessions with intellectual property and authenticity are very modern yeah i'm not sure Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. paul mccartney would feel the same way he might come after you if you try and uh, (laughs) yeah well nobody's stealing iron the war is whatever (laughs) (laughs) and you know what i don't think anybody's stealing uh what's that christmas song that everybody hates um (laughs) what i love oh simply having yeah. I, lo- I love that song personally. Uh, and I'll steal it all t- if, that, if that'll flatter you. You know what I mean? Did I ever tell you, Pete, that uh, I probably told you this, but my wife, up until like two years ago, thought that that song was Cindy Abbott, A Wonderful Christmas Time. That Cindy is amazing. Abbott. Yeah, it's a good song. <laughs> that is absolutely amazing. That's me like, to figure out how to bring that up. Who's, who's Cindy um, Abbott? Anyway, who's Cindy ahead. Abbott? Yeah, Alexa, who's Cindy Abbott? Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, and I also know that because um, I I studied um, Asia in, in college, and I and I know that there were I don't know a ton honestly, but um, I know that in Chinese uh, ancient Chinese society, there was a lot of borrowing from those that came before in a way that um, uh, and then and then that being a um, discussion of what came before them and stuff like that, and building upon it. So yeah, every culture has kind of like a different view of using someone else's work and reusing it and you know sometimes we see that now i mean look at modern memes where it's like there's like a template that somebody created and somebody just takes that and erases what's on it and then puts their own yeah. thing in it so maybe we're getting back to a yeah or if you pe- watch tiktok it's like the same video joke again and again yeah. and again and nobody's yeah. really embarrassed that they just did the same joke as somebody else which is really yeah. So wow, maybe we're getting we're back to back. the classics the modern classics exactly yeah mm-hmm. i can't believe you didn't latch on to the fact that it was uh uh <clears throat> capitalism now, money people wanting money is the, what caused people to like you know uh all of a sudden sue each <laughs> yeah, other for yeah. stealing intellectual property that's a that's a yeah that's a classic <laughs> pete thing that uh i should i should have brought up i'm actually pretty yeah uh <laughs> and the only reason i didn't andrew is because today we're sponsored by no, just kidding. <laughs> 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 um all right um now uh Liz, I wanted to talk to you about that area. There's a there's like a big old map in this game, um, and I was wondering if you if there's a specific territory that you'd want to live in during the Peloponnesian War era, because there's you know there's oh, uh, IKEA, there's Arcadia, Megaris, Sicilia, even is here. Uh, of course, you know, like Diamond or whatever they. However, you, I'm going to pronounce all of these extremely terribly, these are, but these um, are great pronunciations. <laughs> Um, cause I was looking through it and I was, I was trying to look these up on Google and I think, I think I ended up st- deciding on, uh, Akarnania, 
because it was kind of rural. I don't know. Is that a bad idea? What do you think? <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, rural might not actually be bad because it's really the cities and the routes between cities that are the most in danger, right? So you'd want to pick a place that people aren't going mm-hmm. to go. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Or you could just be ignored by everybody until Alexander shows up and go like Macedonia. There you go. Yeah, Macedonia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely not. That was, that was, I was looking at that too. And I was of like, course. that might be a good idea. You know, I mean, again, like I actually have never been to Greece and it makes me upset. I've been like everywhere but mm-hmm. Greece. I need to go. Um, yeah. But if I had to go somewhere, it would still just be Athens. You know what? You got to ride or die with your team. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, can, I, I can dig it. But um, actually, what's really funny is that that ride or die attitude is typically associated with the Spartans. So um, now if you see um, now if you see something like Molon Labe on somebody's car it probably means that they're kind of a neocon to be honest with you it's not great uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. so there's a lot of fighting within classics about like appropriation of the ancient world and for whom and like who gets to claim that um, yes. white supremacists have an uncomfortable amount of interest in that but yep. it means come and take it but my favorite poem from the ancient world is by a guy named Archilochus who's funny as hell um, but he wrote a poem that's basically like I went to a battle and I just ditched my shield because damn it I'll just go buy a new one forget that shield (laughs) which is like the worst attitude but like there are definitely people in the ancient world too who are looking at that being like whatever like f it it's a shield bye it's a shield (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. but you're right then there are people who are like your shield is your soul or whatever and it's like all right shut up (laughs) the romans are very very big about their eagle standards as well for the legions Mm -hmm. so i mean symbolism Mm -hmm. and well, I mean, we're obsessive about American flags here. I suppose it's not entirely different. Yes, and uh, I I won't say Uh-oh. anything else about it because I might Uh-oh. get us in trouble if I say. <laughs> but I also think that's a little silly. But anyway, that's for another uh, discussion. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> uh, so I see the connection there, and I agree, and I think both are silly. Okay, so Liz, I know that you're mostly focused on you know kind of the solo games. I know you play some other games, but uh, I'm sure you've pl- at least played a few two-player games in your time you have any favorite uh two-player only games uh out there um my favorite is no longer two-player only but it was the time i reviewed it and that oh. is undaunted normandy yeah. Yeah. david thompson mm-hmm. trevor benjamin i really love it so good i've never bothered to review a two-player game other than that excellent um and then <laughs> I, I i love some classics like i really like lost uh lost cities yeah and Ooh, yeah I also love Jaipur. Um, I, I especially have a soft spot for Jaipur because I had it in my classroom at my first job. And I had a student who was just determined to beat me at Jaipur. And she would come in at lunch and be like, Dr. D, we're going to play our game. We're going to play our game now. We're going to play, play our with game. Her. And like finally our <laughs> last game before she graduated, she beat me. Yeah. And she was so happy. And uh, for her graduation present, I sent her a copy. Oh. Yeah. And so hey, like, every, time I, every time I see that game, I just look, oh, and i still hear from that student like she's one of the ones who's kept in touch over the years and you know to me it's good game bonding you know we have we reviewed both of those games i think you know we Mm -hmm. unanimously fairly fairly highly undaunted Mm -hmm. is one we still have not you know i'm classically more more into the war games than pete is pete's more into the euro Mm -hmm. games so on this specific episode we're we're kind of coming back and you know coming at you should absolutely play undaunted it's not like a war game in the traditional sense it's Mm -hmm. really a deck builder Mm -hmm. with a bunch of area control okay it is is something that you can enjoy without being a war game nut it's got Mm. a war theme but it's Mm -hmm. also not 
as you know when you think about a war game it's not really what you would think about if you've just mm-hmm. been watching a bunch of old guys play stuff from the 70s so, right you're you're not <laughs> using like a shuffleboard paddle to just move units across the no. map so liz you know we can't end this discussion with you without bringing up a classic liz question which is what kind of games are you enjoying right now liz Ooh, what am I playing for fun? So I'm having a <laughs> good old time yeah. with uh, with Burn Cycle from Chip Theory Games. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Too Many Bones. Let's just say I have a large upcoming project related to that. Oh, ah. um, with Chip Theory Games, and uh, yeah, so Ooh. I've been playing a lot of Chip Theory stuff. Um, I played Russian Railroads for the first time last week, and I was so mad yeah. because it's so out of print. But I heard that there's going to be an edition coming out that like does. Okay have everything so i will be able to get it if yeah. i'm just patient yeah these gods I, I want <laughs> <laughs> is that greek or roman and, uh, gods but no, okay and uh, yeah, i actually yeah. um i've i need to spend some more time soloing rococo so i can do oh. my review of that uh, and i might i might yeah. have an extra copy for giveaway so i need to get that wow. done before i move in july mm-hmm. well you're busy that then. sounds great I'm always busy. It's always ridiculous how busy. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of you being busy, let our audience know how they can see what you're working on. You know what I mean? How that when they want to jump into the Liz Davidson world, um, what is the best way or multiple paths to, to get to you? Yeah, um, I'm everywhere as Beyond Solitaire. So if you want to talk to me on Twitter or Instagram or Board Game Geek or any of that, Beyond Solitaire is the place to go. Um, mm-hmm. I do have a website and I occasionally write, which I actually want to do more of. Um, but if you want to see my most active, spot is of course youtube um so i'm also beyond solitaire on youtube and if you want to see what mm-hmm. i'm reading uh, i'm i need to be more dedicated about it but i do have a small booktube channel as well called beyond solitaire books where you can find out what i was reading as well as what i was playing um mm-hmm. so yeah my youtube channel also has episodes of my podcast on it as video cast usually so that's the best place to get sort of the all-in-one experience Sweet. Gotcha. That is awesome. And we will link that in the show notes this yeah. as well. So mm-hmm. if you're listening, you can just click right on that. Yeah, just go, go into the old show notes and, and get, get on YouTube. Listen um, to me bloviate. <laughs> steal the steal the iPad out of your your child's hands at if you're listening at home. Turn <laughs> off turn off the uh, crazy video of like Spider-Man as a big uh wolf or something like that and uh spraying uh slime out of his hands or whatever and uh yep. and switch over to liz's channel yeah <laughs> i covered whatever kids are watching people these days. i don't know what y'all are watching on say, your yeah. ipads <laughs> well i think kids youtube is pretty wild you know what andrew let's go wait that's well we'll have to talk off mic but we got to create a t- kids youtube channel and just come up yeah, with i don't i don't think we want to be influencing kids minds pete i think that's a bad idea but <laughs> yeah that's uh, probably right. a bad idea well <laughs> hey i do it i've probably ruined a whole generation by now <laughs> <laughs> all right everybody we well, gotta get back to the show here but liz we want to thank you one more time for joining us here and uh everybody that's been liz davidson beyond solitaire liz thanks for coming thanks Thanks so much for having me on bye acquaintances (laughs) that's good i'm glad we didn't get too friendly (laughs) Ooh, boy oh boy andrew can't stop having fun this episode um but let's keep those good times rolling, Andrew, and show a little skin. That's right, Andrew. Oh. <laughs> That's right, Andrew. I'm talking about you and I getting naked. No, no, no. No. Uh, uh, 
Um, that's tomorrow night. Sorry, that's, I got my schedules mixed up here. Looking at my all, Google uh, Calendar on the wrong night. What I meant to our, say uh, was who can play that game <laughs> only's fan account. Uh, yeah, that's that. right. You gotta yeah. Our Patreon signs up. Uh, you, the one of the levels of our Patreon, we give you the password to our OnlyFans. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew. Um, oh no! Now they're gonna uh, what I meant. It. What I what I what I meant was why don't we go ahead and uh, tune into our segment more than one way to skin a game. There's more than one way to skin a game. All right, this is the segment where we're going to uh, give this board game a new skin. Uh, so mm-hmm. that means we're going to take the game of Polis, not change any of the rules or anything. Same exact rules, right. same same thing. But we're going to give it a new theme, new art, right. new maybe the pieces look a little different, but what is the new setting mm-hmm. of this? It's not ancient Greece anymore. Right. Right, right. Everything else is the same about this game. It's just the cosmetics, if you will. It's just skin yes. deep. You know what I mean? Um, what could, what else could we make this game about using everything, you know, the same? All the mechanics, everything, all the components, yada, yada, yada. What do you think, Andrew? What do you, how are you going to skin this game? Uh, well, um, the warring factions and everything for mm-hmm. ba- glorious battles for, uh, for prestige. Um, just, right. of course, made me think of No, Not Vikings. But Klingons and Romulans, okay? Ah, so yes. We're going Star Trek theme on this. It's Klingons so versus Romulans. So you're staying Romulans. with history here. Yes, yes. I'm. St- it's keeping it still you're factual. Stay- you're staying with nonfiction. Still, still keeping it based on you know real stuff here. But um, yeah. but yeah, that's it. You, of course, you got resources. You got dilithium that you're gonna be uh, using to build ships and stuff like that. Um, and all the different, yeah. all the different territories can of course be like planets and things like that. Um, oh, yeah. instead of wine, you got, you got Romulan ale and, uh, Klingon blood oh. wine. That's what they drank Ooh. in this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think I just felt like the Klingon like- and, the, and the Romulan stuff in Star Trek, it's always, it's kind of very similar to this actually, the more you watch that Klingons, mm. Klingons, a lot of people compare those, them to Vikings, but I think it. Well, we, we made the comparison earlier that, like, a lot of this fighting in the uh, city-states in ancient Greece was kind of like just, you know, for glory and, and uh, prestige mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And that's that's really mm-hmm. what they do. They they always talk about dying and gloriously, honorably in battle, you know. And, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And the, the Romulans, now they're they're kind of – they kind of changed based on which version of Star Trek you're watching. But they're <laughs> – they're clearly based on Romans, uh, and in fact, in a lot of different iterations of Star Trek, they are like sometimes even like sitting around in like a Senate uh, situation, like the Romans would hmm. be. And so, you know, there's some comparisons you can make between ancient Rome and, and ancient Greece. So, I just felt like, wow. um, you know, I felt like that was, and of course, you could trade with the foreign powers. You could trade with the Vulcans, the Ferengis, the the humans. So it's uh, wow, perfect. So I they, love it, Andrew. I they love fight. It. You can they even fight. trade with the. Um... They fight What's that but... one guy who's got like a lot of like uh, orange hair and he looks amphibian and he's uh... that's Georgia Banks. What? Uh... Tufts of yeah, that's it, Georgia Banks. No, no, no. <laughs> he's got like tufts of orange. Is he? Uh... Oh, you're talking uh... about uh, in Voyager, um, Neelix. Yeah, Neelix. Yeah. What's he? Yes. I don't know. Whatever. He's a. I'm gonna get this wrong. Talaxian, I think. Um, wow, wow, guys, sharpening their knives out there, Star Wars, Star Trek fans. <laughs> I'm pretty Ready sure I got that show right. Up at your door. I think he's a Talaxian. <laughs> yes, just that's tricking a good one. you, tricking, tricking you into, into, you know. 
Now, um, but but in the show, it's like they fight sometimes, but not always. Sometimes they just want everyone to be afraid of them. It's like they just they come across a ship and they're like, "Leave our territory now, or we will fire upon you." You know, and they're like, you know, just kind of showing their showing their might. So I felt like that they're just flexing. Yeah. I honestly, I'm not even kidding. I think it's a perfect fit for this game, and I really want somebody I do think to it's do a perfect it. Fit. Yeah, Andrew, it's almost like there's nothing that would fit better, except what I came up with, Andrew. Okay, <laughs> let's go ahead and, uh, so, obviously, there's two opposing sides. They're trying to build up, uh, you know, population and followers, etc. They're gaining prestige, like you said. Obviously, it's got to be two, co- two podcasts, Andrew, warring for listeners, you know what I mean? So, on the one <laughs> hand, on the one side, Andrew, maybe you got a podcast that's, let's say, just pulling this out of thin air. Maybe it's about two-player board game for, for people that have... <laughs> One friend. Maybe on the other side you have whatever the opposite of that at Joe Rogan uh, experience or whatever. Uh, well, and that's you, not good. You're, tr- you're trying to you're trying to get listeners, Andrew, all over the nation. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, in- um. instead of instead of wheat, Andrew, you need money to survive. Obviously, because oh, otherwise it's just like a hobby that doesn't make you any money, and you spend a ton of free time on something that doesn't make you money and that's uh, insane obviously nobody would be doing that uh and uh andrew you can produce segments and guest interviews uh inside jokes and stuff like that that takes the place of all the other like resources because you know uh, I mean? you're yeah. producing that you know all um, right this is great and maybe yeah. the foreign markets the foreign markets where you can trade and stuff can be like patreon tiers where you trade in the <laughs> segments and the jokes etc and you get money in return that you use to survive uh-huh. and you know also andrew uh it, it works great because every time we talk we do lose prestige so when we take actions <laughs> we you know <laughs> so that's a good point that's a good that's a great point yes you know we should just kind of like not do anything and just have people remember us as being good, but we just keep making new stuff and people go, oof, all right. <laughs> people people tune Maybe in and be like, next week. Okay, this is kind of like the last one. Yeah, they're doing that segment again. Okay, <laughs> all right, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Our prestige going, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I... Um, yeah, yeah, how, yeah. How many different Andrew... reviews are they going to read from the internet? Okay, yeah, same thing. Right? Okay. <laughs> So that's that's my idea, Andrew. So I think we got two perfect ideas. Devere, hit us up, you know, for the third edition, where you know, yeah, third and fourth edition, and decide which one you want to uh, print first. You mm-hmm. Know? Uh, mm-hmm. But it might be kind of tough to. I know you're gonna have to talk to Joe Rogan's people for a long time, so maybe <laughs> mine will be the fourth edition. Yeah, I feel like that's not Gene really a Rodden- fair, <laughs> fair competition. Gene Roddenberry's estate. Yeah, uh, yeah, good point. They kind of. I think he kind of already has the money he needs to survive. Yeah, so maybe uh, you know. <laughs> oh, Andrew. Um, speaking of having so much money, uh, my next question for you is: uh, What if you ended up ordering two copies of this game, Andrew? Oh. I'm talking about big spender. Um, and then you, they both arrived, and you go, "Wait, well, hold on. Did I did I actually order two copies of this game?" Yeah, that's right, Andrew. It's time for two copies. Not furious. Two copies. Not furious. It has happened out there, people. I know people have done this before. You've ordered two mm-hmm. copies of the game by accident. You know, you ordered it, you forget. How many times you order something online, then you go, oh, whoops, I ordered it again. So what can you yep. do with the one that you're not using? Of course, in this mm. scenario, you can't return it. That's impossible. So what are you going to nope. do with that? <clears throat> mm. I should have just, just said that. I should 
just being a total jerk about this segment. Yeah, just be like, I'll just return it. I'll yeah. just return it. What, what do you think Can't of we Pete? just return it for money? Yeah, how about you? Yeah, exactly. No, let's say your dog took a big chomp out of it or something like that. Okay, took <laughs> a big chomp out of it. Well, then I just feed it to my dog. Okay, done. Uh, what do you think <laughs> yeah, of it? Yeah, well, all right. He seems to like it. I'll just let him keep eating it. Well, honestly, uh, I like the board on this so much. Uh, I think it's kind of cool looking. I'm going to frame this board and hang it up. That's what I'm doing with the board. Yeah. Um, just yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, it's a nice looking map. Uh, I have a couple of maps yep. hanging up in my house. I, I like it. It adds a nice aesthetic to it. Um, yeah. The the board that you keep track of the resources on, you know, it's got mm-hmm. all those little square divots like we talked about before. I feel mm-hmm. like that. Maybe you could use that as like a bath mat, you know, like a no slip thing in the in the shower. Ooh, you know? I like that. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of grip because of those divots. Yeah, the little yeah. grooves. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna you can just get that yeah. wet in the shower and see. You wow. Know, make sure you don't slip around in there. Um, mm, I love it. Or possibly, if you don't, you know, if you don't think it'll hold up in the shower, I don't know. We have to see how strong this board is. But um, maybe you yeah. could use it to like inventory your pantry. You know, so like how many yes. bottles, how many bottles of wine do we have? You know, how many? That's sacks exactly of weed? right, Andrew. You now you have <laughs> done both of mine, Andrew. So <laughs> let me embellish a little bit. The board is just a fl- flat out big map of the Mediterranean during you know the 400s BCE. So uh, if you're, uh, you know, want to ever just look up and go, hey, where was, uh, you know, whatever, Corinth yeah. or whatever, uh, yeah. now you'll know. So that's pretty cool. But here's the thing, Andrew. If you're having someone over and you don't want them to know that you're a huge nerd who just loves to look at Greece at that time, you just flip it around, Andrew, because one thing you'll remember uh, now that I'm saying it, is that the opposite side of this board is a huge print of the cover artwork. Oh. Uh, and it's that it's that terrific piece of art from uh, Enrique Corominas, mm-hmm. um, who did the art for this game, uh, of like, uh, you know, like a statue uh, sinking into the sea or whatever, and people fishing off of it, and yada, yada, yada. It's uh, it's really nice. And so you just, you just turn that around. You just flip that around when you want somebody to think that you just have nice art. And then when they leave, you break out your map of Greece again, and you just go... Yeah, yeah, look at all those territories, you know. Um, and then, you're exactly right, Andrew, you just go ahead and use that resource board to keep track of your own resources, you know, how much you wheat you have, you know, how much wine you got. All right. Um, you know what I mean? How much I'll... wood and iron you got. So all the normal resources that you'd have at your house. Now you can actually keep track of it. I'll let you do that with yours, and for mine, I'll put mine in the shower, Okay. That's um... okay. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because no it does come well, with two, the, right? Here's one the, for Sparta. Well, here's one the unfortunate for... thing: is I'm keeping track of my pantry in the shower, Andrew. Because <laughs> so. I'm a multitasker. I'm all washing myself and being like, well, I just got some more wheat at the store yesterday, so I'm moving my cube up. You know, I move my toes while well, I'm. Well, so you're stepping on the pits. cubes in the shower? Okay. All right. Um, <clears throat> yep. That's gonna that's gonna hurt. Okay. That's okay. why that's why you need the second edition of this game, Andrew, because otherwise they would just flow away in the water. You know what I mean? They're, Right, 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 right. Is this thing waterproof? And don't get me started on the length of my sleeves in the shower. You know what I mean? That brings us to our next segment. How waterproof is this game? (laughs) On a scale from (laughs) a dolphin made out of dolphin skin. (laughs) Andrew, no, that's not true. Our next segment actually happens to be two could play this game, but should they? Two could play this game, but should they? All right. 
how sure are you that two people should play this game? We're going to give this game a rating from 0 to 100%. Of course, 0 being bad and 100 being really good. Wow. Uh, Andrew, <clears throat> yes. um, now I've had express directions from you not to look at the leaderboard because you are loving what's going on there. So do you want me Don't. to go first here or you? Don't look at it. Doesn't matter which one of us goes to. We haven't run out of the really? leaderboard. Oh, <laughs> does that, I, that actually might tell me everything I need to know. Andrew, <laughs> I gave this one. I am ninety-five percent sure that two people should play this game. Andrew, yeah. uh, I really like it. Honestly, I, I did mm-hmm. not know what to think going into it. I, I, I was, I was very interested in it because I heard that it was like a heavy two-player game and i was like that that's cool we've played a lot of like light stuff and i i really kind of want to dig my teeth into something heavy we we planned ahead we were like this is going to be a long one you know what i mean Um, yes we we got to make sure we have enough time set aside to to give it enough time and yada 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 more time than we would give other games because it's just each game is longer um and uh and i was like yeah it just might be the kind of thing i know you know i go okay you know uh, but uh, too much going on. Thanks, thanks for this yada yada. You've but I, been... I just really like it. I really like it, Andrew. This is a, a great combination of the Euro uh, gaming, uh, along with moving units around for strategic influence on a map. You know yep. what I mean? Area, yep. uh, area uh, influence, etc. Um, it's uh, essentially strips out all the stuff that I don't like about war games, Andrew. Just mm. like where it's like you're just building more units to have more dice to roll and comparing numbers when you run into each other. Honestly, now that I'm saying that, I'm realizing I'm just describing Star Wars Rebellion, which I know you <laughs> love. Uh, but I, it's this is a good example of you know how I what I like more. Uh, you know, I mean, I uh-huh. like this game much more than that one because it doesn't make you do all that stuff. Um, uh, and and it, instead, it highlights all the interesting stuff about warfare for me, like supply lines, political influence, allegiances, reacting to world events, and stuff like that. Obviously, all war is terrible. I'm, um, you know, I'm a pacifist, but uh, that is to me much more interesting than the whole like, oh, there's five guys here now. You know what I mean? Uh, so they, they, that's that's exactly what I want from my war games. Is what's going on in this game. Uh, I feel like uh, I feel like you could play this over and over again, Andrew, and just keep adjusting and honing your strategy as you go because you're learning something new each time. You know what I mean? So you're like, all right, well, I'm not – okay. I, so now I'm not going to do that next time. I, I know – now I realize I need to really be cutting off his trade routes to this one spot because right. if I can do that, he'll have such a much more limited trade. I wrote down the Little same things. Like that, that, you know? I wrote down the same mm-hmm. thing is that, like, the more you play it, the more stretch – because there's – there seems like there are infinite numbers of ways to approach this game. You'd be like, "Well, I'm gonna, right. I'm gonna do this the whole time, or I'm gonna go for that kind of thing." Uh, yep. You know, I'm gonna try and take over as much territory as I can, or I'm just trying to try and get as much wheat as I can, or um, right, <clears throat> you know, that kind of thing. Or I'm gonna try and get right. into as I'm many gonna, fights I'm as I make, can, uh, <laughs> get as, as many merchants pers- as I can, right. right? Or, or yeah, or right, or I'm just gonna go berserk this one and just fight, yeah, yeah, and just yeah. fight o- over and over and over again, and just try to mine prestige that way. Yeah, there's just so many different ways you could do it. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I anyway, I uh, think it's great, Andrew. Uh, so ninety-five. I'm, uh, I, I'm looking forward to you know playing it again. Ninety-five is a very high rating for you, especially because uh, I wasn't sure going into it. Like you said, it's it's you know it's a big game, and it looks like okay, there's a map. It's a war game. I love this game too, mm-hmm. but honestly, it was not as much of a war game as I as I thought. I, you know, I like war games more than you. I'm not I'm not super crazy about them. Like, I, you know, Axis mm-hmm. Analysis is about as far as I go, as we discussed. I thought that was a huge game, but apparently there are people who like them even more. 
uh, bigger games than that. Yeah. But um, huh. this this one hits a pretty sweet spot. You know, I, I'm not a huge fan of the resource trading and all that. You know, I don't like Agricola very much. Um, but it's, <laughs> I know, but it's, uh, it's a nice meld. I didn't like it quite as much as you. I would have liked a little bit more uh, that I could... I, I, I found it... Well, maybe it's just a strategy. I found it a little frustrating that I couldn't um, build as many armies as I wanted to. You know, I, like, where's yeah. my population? You know, I kept that, I kept trying to do mm-hmm. that. It's like, oh, I just want to build more units, but I couldn't. Um, yeah, you're a classic. You're a, you're a classic. I'm, I am want to build bigger yeah. guns, guys. You know? <laughs> I want to have more guns, more dice. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, mm-hmm. no, but I still love it. It's a great game. Uh, I gave it 87%, so that's still a very Ooh, high rating for me. Yes. That's high for you, I feel like. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, and the only reason I'll it wasn't it. higher was, like I said, it, that. And also, maybe for some people, it could be a bit much. It is a big game. takes two hours. There are games Good out point. there that take way longer. You know, a Star Wars Rebellion is probably takes a lot longer than this game i would say um that's more like a three hour game maybe it depends but um i wish i had more time for this game honestly because i found myself thinking about it the next day and like wanted to play it again Mm -hmm. um because Mm -hmm. the the events give some replayability and like we said the different strategies to try out i i really wanted to try more that one game i i went over to sicily i'm like i'm just gonna take over sicily over here and just try and like mine that the whole game yeah Um, but you have to like a very good strategy because then i was like I was like, how am I going to get all the way? And it's kind of tucked into your territory. Uh, yeah. And so I'm like, ah, it's going to take way too much for me to get over there and even try to challenge you over there. But it takes so to much take to, over, you know? it's well balanced because it takes so much to even, you have to invest a lot in order to get tribute <laughs> to from get Sicily. You know, so yeah. I couldn't focus on other things. So I had some other vulnerabilities there. So it's like, if I'm going to go mm-hmm, for it, I'm mm-hmm. going to go for it. And maybe in this yeah. game, I'm not going to go for it because I'm going to focus on other things. So... Um, yeah, 87%, yeah. sure. And yes, as we said, I did look at the... Pete put his score on the leaderboard, and I looked at it, and I put my score on the leaderboard. So we better go look at the leaderboard right now, Pete. Wow. Leaderboard. Okay, Andrew, time to take a look at the leaderboard and see where on our board this game falls, Andrew. This is, of course, the 57th game that we reviewed, Andrew, which is pretty <laughs> is insane nuts. to hear me say it now. So this is a list that is 57 games long, Andrew. Yes. And where does this fall on that list, well, Andrew, well, if you, you gave it an 87 you, and I yeah. gave it a 95? That's going to put us at where a... Does that put us? That's going to put us at an average of 91%. So we are officially 91% sure that two oh, people should play this game. my... Eagle, Gosh, Andrew. eagle-eared listeners will remember that that is going to put it in a three-way tie, uh, <laughs> tied with the game of Android Netrunner and Circle the Wagons. Right. Now, Whoa. but this has more, you gave it a 95, so it has more. I see why you were so excited <laughs> about this, Andrew, because normally when we have a tie, it, yeah. the one that ends up on top is the one that uh, has the single score from one of us that is the highest out of all of them yep. so it represents that someone is the most you know passion has the most passion for one of these things you know what i mean but andrew <laughs> yeah this is the, a tie the three games that are tied for for with 91 as the average score polis android netrunner and circle the wagons yeah two of them polis and android netrunner 
have the same exact scores from us, 95 and 87. You gave both those games in 95. I gave both those games in 87. And we did not, that was not planned out. I did not look at this before I I picked 87. And I know that (laughs) we should probably reveal this right now, Pete. We were... (laughs) We were sent this game by Devere to review. Paul's. Oh yes, uh, yes, in all transparency, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And we've we've said before that will not uh, sway our score. We've been sent other games in the mm-hmm. past. You can go listen. They right. have not even been rated quite nearly as high. I think this might be our highest rated game that we've ever been sent. So, but um, we, this happened yes. on the last the last time that Devere sent us a game, uh, which was I think uh, what was it the French one there, uh, Paris. Paris, Cité de la Yes. Yes, that mm-hmm. that one yeah, was in a, a point. in an exact tie, and I, we said, "How wow. how do we break this tie?" And I and I, if you remember, I said, "Well, the tiebreaker is that the company sent us this game, so that one's going to be on top." And it happened again. <laughs> this uh, we did not plan this. We <laughs> I see why you were so excited when you saw what happened because we legitimately did not plan this. That is so funny that it happened yet again and, with a game. From it's, Devere, it's, it's uh, even funnier wow. because oh, Pete, you're in charge of the email. What's the guy's the the guy from Devere sent us this yes. game and was like, "Hey, I listened to your other episode about Paris and the and uh, Sherlock, uh, loved them, and uh, I I hope that we get that extra bump from the uh, on the leaderboard or whatever that, again." Yes, and it yes, did happen yes. again, even though we and did not. It play. happened. Yet again, Andrew, we're looking like corporate so... shills over here. I mean, we're, people are not believing this. Like, we're looking like corporate shills over People here, don't Andrew. believe us at all here. But it, it <laughs> total coincidence that it did happen again. So, um, yeah, they'll be happy over there at Devere. Yeah. <laughs> that this yes, this game is yes. We want to. I want to send a shout out to uh, to Matt to Matt Highland there, over there at Devere because I mean he's going to be shaking his dang head over there, going, "This can't be real." But in fact, it is, man. It is. Uh, uh, it this did, is only it the did second ha- time, Andrew. Only time this has ever happened again. Twice, twice this has happened now. Both times we've been sent the game. So this one's going to be on top, the, which make, puts the, this game at f- wow. number f- number five on the leaderboard. That's huge. That's top five. Wow, that is huge, actually, because this is. It's been a long time since we've had a game, um, you know, crack the top five. Um, yeah. Let alone, honestly, the top ten in a long time, Andrew. Yeah. So. Uh, that's, can, that's huge. We can review so, that top um, ten real quick here. The uh, yeah. number number Hit one. With that. Number one is Go. Of course, that one right. may never be dethroned. Uh, number two, Fog yeah. of Love. Number right. three, Seven Wonders Duel. Uh, right. Number four, Star Wars Empire versus Rebellion. Of course, we're never changing right. that score. True, that's... King of Kings. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> number five <laughs> is now. Number five is now Polis, and it's it's uh, bumped down uh, Android Netrunner to number six, and Circle wow. the Wagons is going to be number seven. And mm-hmm. then, uh, and then going down to the the finish finishing off the top ten, Carcassonne, the Castle, yep. Patchwork, and Targi at number ten. Poochie, Mama, a real Mount Rushmore. If they were ever ten presidents that we ever looked up to, Andrew is what I would say <laughs> <laughs> about that top ten. And uh, crazy, crazy, crazy. I'm glad that this game cracked it. Quite frankly, I, I, I'm very. Uh, I'm uh, I'm thrilled that we got a chance to play. Anyway, Andrew, yeah. um, that is pretty sweet. Don't speaking talk. Of sweet. <laughs> speaking of sweet, are we sweet? No, I'm just kidding, uh, Andrew. The segment is actually called "Are We Cool." Are we cool? 
after playing this game, are we still sweet? How many points did our friendship <laughs> go up or down? Uh, <laughs> yeah, how many points did our sweetness go up or down? Well, sweetness. Andrew, we're still as sweet as could be. Two sweeties here. See ya. No, no, it's just like... <laughs> no, Andrew, this how is much of did our, our prestige called, uh... <laughs> go up or down? <laughs> yes. Um, well, after everybody thinks that we did that on purpose and we are corporate shills, I think our prestige <laughs> is in the toilet. No, I'm just kidding. Um... <laughs> Andrew I'm just glad that we on, had a tiebreaker because honestly, I saw that on the leaderboard and I was like, "Oh no, we tied exactly." How we again? Gonna, and, yeah. And then it popped into my brain. I was like, "I was like, oh, well, we got sent the game. Okay, we do have a tiebreaker." <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm okay, glad good. you remember that because I did not remember how we decided it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but that is good and funny, and I think uh, I, I think that is good that we do that uh, because, of course, it it allows me to say, "Hey." Uh, send us uh, all you know your games, and uh, who yeah. knows? It might win the tiebreaker. Is what I is what I'd say to anybody else listening out there. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> Andrew, uh, and I, that and that goes out uh, that goes out worldwide, Andrew. Which brings me to uh, our next segment. <laughs> oh, you me- have the segment, same thing written. Our down. next segment, Prestige Worldwide, Andrew. Prestige. Which we said, of course, the entire game. Prestige um, worldwide. Um, fans of anyway, the sh- Andrew. The film it's no. the mother freaking uh, "Are We Cool" segment. So, and, uh, all I have written down here is plus three next to the words "prestige worldwide" because um, plus three prestige worldwide. <laughs> yes. We were we were working together, even though we were working against each other, and yep. uh, it's a fun game, so we had fun, and also um, some jokes in there. We had, we had. Plenty, you know, that's always a big factor for us is if we can have plenty of jokes in there, Andrew. Um, prestige worldwide coming up all the time. I could not say um, the world, the word prestige without adding the word worldwide after it. That's <laughs> right. That's right. That's right. That's right. I uh, can't really fully remember the other uh, jokes we had, but there were they were flowing like the wine of uh, Greece. And yes. oh, breadbasket, of course, unlimited bread breadsticks down in Sicily, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, well, um, Andrew, I also had said plus three, Andrew, because as we described earlier, this is one of those games where uh, you technically are facing off against each other, but you know as you as you're learning the game you're finding more and more cool things to do in it and so you really are kind of enjoying that experience together um, yes and you're interested in like whether people can pull off certain things you know what i mean and so you're kind of rooting for them like you like we talked about earlier to 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 pull off these things they're going for you know what i mean like even when you took um you know uh the bread basket down there in in sicily i was like ooh, is he gonna do it is he gonna? Is he gonna finally roll what he needs to siege that city? You know what I mean, and make yes. them join their league or whatever. And he did, and I was like, "Whoa, yeah!" You know what I mean? Like it was just like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, you know, overall, uh, it's good. And you know, we played one game where uh, like battling there, like there was a war, there was like an event that happened uh, in one of the eras where like suddenly battles became much um, more often to break out or whatever. And so we yes. battled a lot in that game. Yes. Um. And but then we played a game. One of our games where, like you said, we didn't battle at all. So it's like, yeah. you can kind of choose how much uh you want to really get it's face very, to face with your. I can't believe you know? we. I can't believe we didn't say this at all during the episode. It's very similar to the old computer game, uh, Civilization. I felt. I felt like it was civilization. Very mm-hmm. similar because you you're fighting. You can fight, take over territories, or you can use. You know, just well in that game, you kind of use. Um, diplomacy, but you're you have to feed your citizens and all that kind of stuff. It's not only just fighting; yeah. it's also you know building up your civilization. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. And that is a whole other genre of board games that, that that's out there that this borrows from is like Civ, I, what they call Civ games or whatever. So yeah. Right. Mm-hmm, I, I think mm-hmm. it was, I think we're definitely cool after this because it was a nice marriage between the Euro game and the war game. Yeah, like, which I love. And the uh, war games that you love. Yep. Mm-hmm. It, it, I'll give you an example. I was just looking at our leaderboard here. Like, for example, uh, Agricola, All Creatures Big and Small. You gave that 96. I yep. gave it a 77. Like, you right. like that mm-hmm. thing a lot more than me. But uh, Star Wars, uh, Star Rebellion, Wars Rebellion, I gave a 91, you gave 71. So, 71. Mm-hmm. you know, so yeah, like, exactly. I, I like so that that's kind of all you need to know right there. But yeah. this, mm-hmm. this one kind of had both. It had both features. Yep. So, uh, you know, we, we were mm-hmm. up in, in the top five. So, wow. Yeah. Both good, if you will. Uh, if you, to quote the uh, meme where the monkey says, <laughs> uh, oh, banana yeah. better than ba- banana better than coconut, and the ape says uh, responds both good. Anyway, Andrew, uh, other, sorry to bring up the best meme in the world. Uh, <clears throat> kind of getting kind of getting never apologize. Track. Never apologize. For that. <laughs> if you want a copy of that meme, you can go ahead and um, hit us up on you know Twitter or Instagram. Twitter, of course, is at two play that pod. Instagram is at uh, two can play that game podcast. Oh yes, uh, you know and I'm, if you oh, don't. Pete, I'm I'm remaking that meme now. I gotta remember to do this. Oh, I'm, re- yeah. I'm remaking that meme and saying, uh, uh, you know, say like, uh, Euro game better than War game. Both good. There you go. Yeah, both yeah, good. both good. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Make it and make me the monkey that's saying Euro game better than War game. And make you saying both good. That would be good. Uh, and if you want to do that work for us and send it into us, you can email that uh, over to us at uh, two can play that game podcast at gmail.com. Well, you can really send us anything at there. Um, hopefully no spam. You know what I mean? Ideally. Um, but uh, but otherwise, you tell us how you like the show, maybe something like that. And you can also kind of like uh, rate and review us on the old podcast stuff like Apple Podcasts and whatnot. You can even do it on Spotify these days, too. That also helps us Amazing. know that you like the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, I guess, let's face it, Andrew, the thing that you can do that really shows us that you like the show is to go ahead and tune in next time. That's right. Uh, you're definitely going to want to tune in. Oh, wait. I can't say definitely because if you get another friend, you can't tune in. So that's No, no, no. That's a good point. In that case, you're going to want to tune in to Threeple Chase, uh, which is, of course, the podcast about three-player board games that's recorded while riding horses in a horse race where the horses have to jump over fences and uh, ditches and such. Yeah. Yeah, that seems like they should just uh, wait until the horse race is over, you know, to be recording a podcast. But, mm. you know, I don't know. Maybe they're just uh, adrenaline junkies. They just love that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It really gets their blood going. They're, like, psyched. They, they get psyched up. to the. They're like, all right, once I get over that first jump, then I coast from there, you know, on, this, on the podcast. Then I'm, you know, then I'm ready to go. You know what I mean? Uh, steeplechase is done with horses, I guess. Uh, I always knew steeplechase as the uh, race on foot. Uh, in the- yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's named after the uh, horse version of it. You know okay. what I mean? It's one of those rare things where horses kind of did it first, and then humans. Uh, <laughs> like, what if we kind of? It's kind of like the chariot. What it's if we like, did it? It's kind of like with the chariot that I had when I was in high school. You know, it's like uh, horses. Horses right. did Putting it first. The humans before the chariot. Yeah, humans before yeah. the chariot. You know, I learned that steeplechase is like they would like race. They would like race from one. You could see a steeple of a church for a distance. You'd race from one steeple to the next. It's like I could race over that track and, and they would have to jump over like fences. Like, yeah. That's my thought. Yeah.
You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? 